Jurassic World Dominion arrives four years after Fallen Kingdom, and attempts to deliver on the promise of dinosaurs integrated into modern civilization. It also mixes the original Jurassic Park cast with Owen and Claire from the current series. Today, we find out if Dominion is a fitting conclusion, or one big pile of dino droppings. Welcome everyone to the Atomic Cinema Experiment. I am Peter and joining me as always is Tara. Greetings, citizens. Yeah, you say something. Yeah. I did forget, yeah. Yeah, there was just enough of a pause. It felt like there was just a moment, a moment of thought process going on there. Uh, but yes, welcome <laughs> working, everyone. Working, 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 This is a science fiction movie podcast. We get together, we've watched the movie, we talk about it, and obviously... We had a big new release, big new science fiction release, and that is Jurassic World Dominion, uh, or the full title, uh, which everyone should be aware of, is Jurassic Park 6, colon, Jurassic World 3, colon, Dominion. That's the full title. Okie dokie. <laughs> like, it's still Jurassic Park 6, okay? That's, that's what it is to me. It really, it's Spielberg's fault, you know, by calling it The Lost World. I know that was especially annoying, though, because he put Lost World first, like a prick. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, obviously, the man is a genius in many ways. He's done a lot of great things, but I kind of want to give him a slap for that. Like, I Just <laughs> call it Jurassic Park 2, and then you can put on the poster, based on the novel The Lost World by Michael Crichton. I don't even mean Jurassic Park 2, colon, The Lost World, but just keep the number. Just have a number there. You know how I feel about numbers. They're great. They're the best. <laughs> Very simple, succinct. Uh, yeah. yeah well. Anyway, so obviously we'll start spoiler free, as especially since it's a brand new movie. You may be going to see it soon. You want some opinions before you see it. Uh, we'll start spoiler free. We'll give you a warning before we get to spoilers. We have, of course, reviewed all the previous Jurassic Park films. This is the first one we've done on new release. Even Fallen Kingdom was already uh, like at least a year old, maybe two years old by the time we got to it. So this is the first time that we're doing one as they come out. And like I said, it's the sixth film in the franchise. We've waited four years since Fallen Kingdom, and the pandemic's a big part of that. Uh, but we're here, we have the original cast members returning, we have the new cast members obviously back, and all the weird plot threads. Uh, well, we are going to keep this spoiler free to start with for this film. It should be mentioned that a lot of plot threads come right out of the ending of the last one, so there will just casually have to be some spoilers for Fallen Kingdom as we go, just just in case, for some reason, you're watching this review and you haven't <laughs> like, seen you the haven't previous seen one. You haven't seen Jurassic Park 1 through 5 yet? Yeah. Uh, so. Well, people might be confused because there's no numbers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the, the basic gist of this one, which I actually, like, other than the fact that dinosaurs were in the real world and that the old cast were coming back, I didn't really know what the plot was. Uh, so I'll keep this kind of brief, but let's just say that there are bad people after the cloned girl from the end of Fallen Kingdom, uh, who also have a lot of dinosaurs, and they're also maybe an evil pharmaceutical company. Uh, not Umbrella Corporation, for those Resident Evil fans out there. Not, not that. But, uh... No, more like Monsanto. <laughs> <laughs> but we have an evil company, um, there's a conspiracy theory, there's all these things going on, and... I guess the first thing I'll say, before I even... I'm going to ask you what you thought of the movie in a second, but the first thing I will say, to what to expect going into this, is that the first half of this movie is, like, an espionage movie. 
with like missions and like chases and like just just weird things that you don't normally get in a Jurassic Park movie and then it becomes a bit more Jurassic Parky in the back half so uh, and it is two and a half hours long also be warned of that so did not know that going in did not know it would be so long yeah I, I checked it before and I saw two I hours check. And tw- I saw two hours and 27 minutes and went why is this two and a half hours why is everything two and a half hours now yep did you see the wait wait did before we get started did you see like the prologue that they released for the film uh i saw the one that was the family in the like the rv this was like a year or two ago they put this out okay there's like the one uh with like um the t-rex in the drive-thru movie theater and stuff like that oh i didn't see that one no okay okay yeah so they were releasing stuff yeah, that uh, funny so, enough wasn't in the tr- wasn't in the actual movie. Well, a little bit of the RV one was. See at the start because at the start it was like a recap of the previous movie. It's like a news report, and it says, "Oh, there's dinosaurs popping up everywhere." There's like a montage of like security footage and stuff, and you see like that that RV, but you see a little bit of that in there. So, so they have, so basically what they did was is that we're going to have this montage at the start. We're going to film these full scenes so we can release them as like a a teaser yeah. in advance. But yeah, yeah. So th- that's what I thought that what the movie was going to be is like. Jurassic World. We did it. We finally did it. There's just dinosaurs, just monsters walking around in everyday life now. And there's a little bit of that at the start and the end, I guess, but this is not really what the movie's about, <laughs> to be honest. No. <laughs> in fact, that's probably the, the first weird thing I'll say about it is that, you know, it's, it's billed as the end of the saga, two generations coming together, the, the end of the epic Jurassic Park 6 movie journey. And I don't really feel like the plot of this in any way feels like it's the end of anything or like some like a bit especially important compared to any other movie but that's that's another thing yeah so i'll ask the question though tara yes, this movie know. that was critically panned and is sitting at about i think 31 percent on rotten tomatoes what they do can't you, be the audience score <laughs> what do you think of jurassic world dominion i think it's disappointing and it's very disappointing and it's just too much plot there's too much happening in the movie like the there was just so much stuff, you know? There's some, I, I will say, I think the dinosaurs look great. Um, really, really great. And there's actually some really great, like, dinosaur, you know, tension moments of them being in that world. But it's hard to, like, keep track of which ones I liked because they were really short. You in got- order to get more stuff in there. Yeah. That's the that's the problem. So, I miss like the big set piece dinosaur moment. You know, <laughs> one of the things I'll say, right? And we're obviously like we're going to go through it in order, pretty much. I think when we get into spoilers, because there's so much to yeah. unpack. But one thing I will say is that when you get to towards the end of the movie, and there's like some there's like a big dino standoff kind of moment. Um, I will say that a lot of the new creatures they added to this, because all of their scenes are really short, and because there's only a couple of those scenes, and there's not a lot of time for any of it to resonate, like, it didn't feel like a big deal. It was like, well, this, like, this creature was basically a cameo earlier on, and now I'm supposed to care that it's the big climax. You know, I don't know, like, there's a, there a few things like that to me. Yeah, uh, it's just, throughout. I'd say the movie's just overloaded. Overloaded yeah. in characters, overloaded in dinosaurs, even. Although in the first half, maybe not enough dinosaurs, Oh, the first, um, yeah, the first half is a lot. Like I said, the first half things it's like it's like the Jurassic born legacy. Yeah, I, I think there's a, there's like yeah, there's like a scene in like Malta or something where it's just like 
I'm pretty sure I saw this in a James Bond movie. <laughs> yeah, it, it's so weird. Like, one of the things that was so absurd about the start of this movie is that it does that thing a lot of spy movies do, where it's constantly cutting from, like, different locations. So there's constant, mm-hmm. like, cards saying, oh, now we're in, you know, this city, now we're in this country, now we're in... And it, it was, like, every, like, two minute, there was a new, like, location on a different part of the planet. And I was like, what is that? <laughs> like, why are we jumping at, like... Jurassic Park at its nature is very... I know, obviously, it's complex. You have to explain how dinosaurs are alive again. But the actual way the movie works, when you describe the movie to someone, it's very simple. There is a park full of dinosaurs. They get out. People have to run for their lives and escape. That's it. It's that simple. And Jurassic Park 3, for all its faults and all the things you may throw at Jurassic Park 3, one of the reasons why I think that movie works well enough as a B-movie schlocky thing is because... They have to go to the island of those dinosaurs, a kid's there, they want to look for them, and they have to, once they're there, they're in danger. It's just, they, it's just a rescue mission yeah, movie. They have to, yeah. you know, escape, right? That's it. That, that's the goal. Once they're there, it's just about how do we leave? How do we get away safely? That's all it is. In this mm-hmm. movie, there's so many dangling things to get all the characters in the like one location by a certain point in the movie, and it's all yeah. these different reasons and things. And I do, I do really like seeing the old guys though i do like it you know i'm a fan i'm always going to be a fangirl for jurassic park and you know seeing seeing the the top three again were great i do like also that this is this really is ellie's movie like for uh for that crew like she has the most to do she's the most significant person to the main plot um and i I like that i like that she gets her film at least um i do I am confused as to why Jeff Goldblum seems to not be able to play Ian Malcolm after the first movie. Like he just doesn't, he can't can't get the character back for some reason. He keeps like being more, well, like he's so like (laughs) iconic in the first film. And then in the sequel, like in the, the last world, he's not Ian Malcolm anymore. He's just kind of a guy. And then in this one, like I'm expecting Ian Malcolm again. And I get just like regular Jeff Goldblum. I'm like, what? Give me Ian Malcolm. Why is this so difficult for you? <laughs> I think the idea in The Lost World is that he softened because of the events of Jurassic Park. I think that was the point. Yeah, it was very disappointing on a watch, though, mm. when we rewatched it. I, I mean, think it's, it's a weird one. I'm still one upset with, about it. It's a weird one with this, because you could say he's just continuing that in this. You could also say that... Because I have this problem with a lot of these movies that bring back the cast that have not done the roles in 20 years. It was the same with Bruce Willis in Die Hard 4, and obviously that was a while ago now, but it, it had that thing where... You don't really feel like John McClane anymore. You just feel like Bruce Willis now. And I kind of feel that, because even, even Sam Neill in this movie, like, and it's not his fault. He's just older, but his voice sounds different. And I was like, you don't sound like Alan Grant. You, so, you sound like an old man. <laughs> and I know that's such a weird thing to say. It's just it's just life. But... It is because, I mean, Alan Grant doesn't really have a lot of character so much that isn't just like Sam Neill. Like, he is just a guy. Like, he's supposed to be the everyman guy who well, hates kids, and that, then that's his arc. And this then... is, well, this is actually one of the biggest things I have. Well, I've got a lot of problems with this movie. It's, it, it, it's, it's trash. But... <laughs> I actually, I, I don't think it's trash. I just think that it's not... It's very disappointing. I mean, that answers my side of this. Like, what did I think? I, I mean, I I was, like, groaning. I, like, I, I mean, I guess the biggest indictment I can give it is I was painfully unmoved by everything, pretty much. Like, I was so bored throughout the vast majority of this film, and nothing was resonating. Like, I wasn't... Mm-hmm. Like, there was moments that were supposed to be like, oh, the music's swell- you know, swelling up, and you're supposed to feel like it's a big deal because these things are happening, and I just felt nothing. And I think a lot of it is because uh, so much of it's built on nostalgia and cheap nostalgia pops. We're going to talk a lot about that when we get into spoilers. 
uh, a yeah, lot a of lot it of doesn't feel like a Jurassic Park movie. Um, the parts that are Jurassic Park esque feel kind of truncated and don't have the the you know the, like they don't, each set piece doesn't have enough time to breathe to make make it feel like it's a big deal and make it feel like it's well directed. You know everything's just rushing, boom, boom, boom. You know we have to get through all these things. Honestly, the weird thing is, like, I compared Lost World a lot to Force Awakens. I think there's a lot of comparisons to be made with Rise of Skywalker with this in terms of the pacing and just how much was going on and it being overstuffed. Yeah, I could see that. There's a lot of parallels. A lot of movies are like that now. A lot of big blockbusters just feel like... It's it's um, a committee thing, right? I think uh, think also, like, Aquaman is, like, the example I go to where there's just so much action and so much Mm. happening that I get so bored that it puts me to sleep. Yeah, you don't care. Which actually happened when I watched it. Yeah, you don't care about anything that's going on. And obviously, this one's banking on us caring about certain characters from before. And uh, we'll, we'll get into a lot of things, but what, the point I was going to make there when you were talking about like Alan Grant just being a guy is one of the things that pissed me off a lot about this movie is that a lot of these characters, and partly because like they've written themselves out of this corner where Fallen Kingdom ended a certain way, so the next movie has to sort of... We have to deal with this clone girl. We have to deal with all these other things. Is... We have we have these like you know born esque style sequences, but more importantly, we have characters who were not designed to be in this type of story. Who are all of a sudden very good at these really like different genres of movie style action, and there's examples of that with the characters from Jurassic World who are now like these super spies almost, and they're doing all these crazy action scenes. Um, but even the original cast, there's I mean again no spoilers here, but there's a moment uh, sort of in the middle or so of the movie where Alan Grant and Ellie Sattler are, like, disguising to go into an evil place, kind of like Stormtroopers in Star Wars. And I'm like, th- these characters feel like real people in Jurassic Park. You know, for for as, as ludicrous as the premise of Jurassic Park is, one of the things that grounded it so much was those characters all felt like real people because they felt like, okay, he's a paleontologist, uh, you know... Uh, Ian Malcolm felt like a sleazeball, but he was he was a real sleazeball. And they all like, felt very true to who they were. And it feels like just because, oh, we have to have a reason for them to get involved in things. So we have this like conspiracy plot and we have, it's all going to lead to this. We get to this point where they're sneaking about. And there were so many moments in this movie that I'm like, why would Alan Grant agree to do any of this? Why, why would he be okay with going into this? And uh, like there's some retcons going on that's, that's just pure fan service. We'll get into I don't want to spoil that but there's something early on that made me groan because I'm like, oh, well, I know what we're going to do later then. Yeah, <laughs> I clapped my hands at that. <laughs> I, Sometimes I, I like fan service, okay? <laughs> cheap fan service. This is, this is nothing but cheap This pops, is one that movie. I wanted, though, okay? <laughs> okay. I, I mean, this is the thing. If it was just one of these things, it would be like, okay, I'll give it a pass because it's just one, but it was relentless. and Oh, yeah, there was a ton of things where we were just like, I know this is supposed to be an Easter egg, but we don't need one every five minutes. Even, actually, this is one that I, I can talk about, because this one was weird to me, because this wasn't... The first time you see Ellie in this movie, there's a, there's a reason for her to look over in the distance to take off her sunglasses. Yeah. And what's funny is that the moment she's actually doing from the first movie, it wasn't her character, it was Alan who took his sunglasses off this, but she takes her sunglasses off the exact same way as she yeah. looks off into the distance. And I went... I'm annoyed that you just did that. She does it the way that Alan does it, not the way... Because she also takes her sunglasses off, but it's like a quick thing she just pulls off. He does this, like, weird thing with both hands because he's in such disbelief that he just can't remember how to use hands anymore. And that's that's what she does in this. And it's like, 
why that was weird that was like a weird one <laughs> yeah and, uh, you know another thing as well just for the cheap nostalgia that just takes me out of it because I, I feel the fan service of it is that she shows up wearing almost the identical outfit that she yeah. wore in the original Jurassic Park same color scheme and everything and then I'm like her style hasn't changed in 30 years I guess I, I'm just this is like it's funny when I'm watching Power Rangers or something right and they're all in their color coding and it's like oh it's a bit of a wink wink nudge nudge but again these people feel like real characters in Jurassic Park and here yeah. it's like oh, you remember them in this outfit. You remember them, you know, doing these things and saying these things. And there was a lot of grown interesting lines where they'd reference back to something um, or or whatever, you know? Um, as far as, like, the new characters go, I really... Uh, this movie just made me prove, <laughs> prove to me that I just don't like Owen's character at all, like, in these films. He's just kind like, of a blank slate for the most part. He's, he's, he's got one trick. And somehow it works on every dinosaur now, just to do the hand thing. <laughs> <laughs> but also, like, yeah, he's like a super spy in this. Uh, he's, uh, I don't know, like, I like I like him as, like, the Steve Irwin of the dinosaurs, you know? Like, he's just a good handler. Like, he knows how to, he knows how to tame the beast, how to, how to be able to, like, handle them when it comes to it. And there is a good scene, I think, where he, he, he uses that ability, which is set up you know, from the previous films. Okay, can I just say, you've put in my head now, I'm, I'm imagining Steve Irwin in the role, and it's way better, and I'm, I'm oh, yeah, mad. Totally, right? I'm mad that he if died it... before the movies were made. Or even if, like, he was just channeling Steve Irwin when he was doing the, the raptor bits, you know? Like, that would have mm. been so much better. I can't, I can't <laughs> like, do an Australian accent, otherwise I'd totally do a, a Steve Irwin dinosaur bit right now. You just say crikey. Yeah. <laughs> Corky, that's a big raptor. He's like, if you hold these, because he did that thing where he had his little toddler like next to the gator to like show. Like, yeah, that's just how so confident I am. <laughs> this is my toddler with the gator. Poor Bindi, she came out okay though. Yeah. Um. Anyway, yeah. So like, I I like that part of his character, and he has a good moment in this movie where he 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 does use that, and I I really like that moment. But for them, everything else, it's just like, why is this character doing all of this? It doesn't make any sense. Like, he should have just been the dino wrangler expert that, yeah, maybe gets called out sometimes to do a job. And, like, that's just his life now. And then every for the rest of it, he's back at home. Uh, the, the other stuff he goes into is so dumb. It's just to give him, like, this big action scene. And it doesn't make any sense. And I, 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 just, I just like his character so much in this. I will say, though, Claire, although she's sort of also elevated to superhero... Or super spy in this i do like her scenes like i think she has the best moments in the movie she's, she's definitely the, the better of the two characters uh there's no denying that she also that. has the better motivation um in the film i thought and like i really like there's a sequence where she's basically on her own that starts from like a plane to like being on around dinosaurs on an island and that whole sequence where she's by herself, like every single time, I'm like white knuckled watching it. And I actually of, really like all those scenes. But that's one of the few segments in the whole movie that's actually a Jurassic Park movie. Like that, that's, yeah, that, it, that's when the movie like is great for like 20 minutes. I'm like, whoa, this is make this movie. <laughs> like I love this. It saddens but, me that I think you're overestimating the number. That I guess it's only eight minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's spread out. Like it's not all at once that happens. There's other stuff that comes in. So yeah, I don't really yeah. know. Um, <laughs> there's, there's, there's a, yeah, it, it, I think Claire was always the better because she had the arc in the first movie. Yeah, um, she 
yeah before they were just like you know they were just assets to her job like and then yeah. she actually cared about the dinosaurs they had personalities and she had this growth and yeah i agree she was always kind of the heart of the new trilogy it was kind of it's kind of this weird sensation around watching a movie like this still where i'm like okay the franchise isn't movie number six now and it does kind of feel like the only reason why we're doing some of these weird things we're doing is because eventually they had to like sort of like evolve from what it was and I'm not saying don't evolve, and I'm not saying just repeat the same movie over and over again. I'm not saying that at all, because you do have to do different things. Oh, you have to we advance both really things. We liked the last movie, and it was very different. Well, I mean, I, was, I wasn't good, though. Like, we liked the back half because it was, like, silly B-movie stuff, and we're into I, it. I like it a lot, yeah. Plus, I like the Indoraptor. Right. <laughs> but, like, this movie... It, it's doing all these extra things. It's, it's doing all the spy stuff, and it's doing all this plot where... it's It has to have a villain, it has to do all these things... And it just kind of feels like when franchises keep going, they have to just sort of keep going in a direction of some sort. And eventually they get to a point where they're doing weird things where you go back and watch the original movie and you can't imagine some of the shit these characters are going to end up having to do five movies down the line. It just doesn't feel right. Yeah. It doesn't feel like them. Amityville's going to space. <laughs> you know, it's it just, it, I had that feeling right from the get. As soon as like this news report the start starts talking about everything going on and it's like, this oddly worded recap uh, to everything in the last movie. It doesn't really sound like a real news report because she's like sort of like connecting things that wouldn't be connected in a news story. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard that there's actually going to be an extended version of this film. And I actually think I might enjoy that more just because a lot of these scenes felt like just little snips in there and cuts there every, every now and then. And I, I felt like it's too rushed. So maybe they, maybe these scenes like need more time. Um, and definitely all the stuff that they released beforehand wasn't in the film, so... The, the, the problem, though, is it's not just that, like... Even just the big set-piece moments, though, the pacing of them isn't that good. Everything's rushed, and I don't think an extended version of the scene helps that, because, like, it's just kind of rushing through the actual tense... I think you just need to cut out all the Chris Pratt stuff, and then just add <laughs> whatever you cut out before with dinosaurs back in. <laughs> Sadly, I think fundamentally, and it's and Trevor did an okay job with Jurassic World. Like I, I think those scenes in that are perfectly yeah. fine. Uh, oh, sure, no, yeah. Nothing compared to Jurassic Park, obviously, but I mean that's like obvious, obviously, you know, this is you compare it to one of the best monster movies of all time when you do that. No, but it was a really fun sequel and yeah, revision of the franchise. Uh, and what's so funny is that after because obviously. We've said before, Jurassic World is the Force Awakens of Jurassic Park. It is exactly that. And the thing is, okay, it's a lot of nostalgia in that movie. It's calling back to the original quite a bit, but that's okay. Now we can move forward. And Fallen Kingdom, for all the faults it might have had, did largely move forward and do different things. This movie, despite the fact that it feels the most non-Jurassic Park movie of all of the movies, somehow is also the most filled with just, like, cheap nostalgia and like callbacks and by the time we got to the end of the movie like some of the callbacks they made I was like I can't believe you called back to this or you're referencing this thing and we'll get into them in spoilers but so much yeah there's just so many things there was, there was sometimes <laughs> it could be anything that you're referring to yeah and there was sometimes as well where like they would just like have a line of dialogue the older characters particularly where they'll reference something that happened in the original film and they'll sort of chuckle and go oh I know about that or uh and there's even, like, a segment in the third act where it intentionally has them kind of repeat a thing from the original Jurassic Park, and the whole idea is that, oh, all the characters are doing kind of the similar things as they were doing in that original movie, even though 
the reason why one of them was in that position in the first movie isn't there anymore. It, it just kind of happens again for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> but whatever. No, yeah, yeah. Uh, so. The, um, I, I do think there's a couple of new characters that I, I do like. Like, I thought they were all good additions. I like, there's like a pilot character. She was cool. Yeah, she's all right. I, I didn't yeah. like her. Uh, uh, there's she's a, nice another guy, Ramsey, who is like um, part of the new facility. He's working for like this new corporation thing that the movie is centered yeah. around. He was okay too. I, I thought he was all right. He's fine. He, I, yeah, I saw that actor. He was in a, a Netflix show called Archive 81, I think it was called. He, he looked familiar to me, but I didn't look him up. Uh, I, might have seen I, I only watched else. the first episode, but he was in that, and he seemed he seemed solid in that. Um, I like the, the pilot lady was good, and I don't know if it's just because she, she. I mean, she felt a little. The character herself felt like maybe a little tacked on to this movie in the sense that it felt like oh we need a hotshot pilot character, but I thought the actress did. Like she a, pulled it off. Yeah, though, she I had thought, charisma. Yeah. Uh, so I liked her like look, like her look kind of told a story without her giving us all her background and stuff. Mm. And um, and she she worked well with the with the you know and with you, the actors and stuff. You have seen her before in at least one thing. Oh, what's that? She was in an episode of the New Twilight Zone. Oh, really? She was in. I think it was a space one. Oh, okay, okay. I didn't hate that episode. I think it was anyway. I mean, uh, we disliked a lot of them, if not most of them. I think you disliked all of them, but one. But, but one. There was one good episode. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It, you know, it's kind of, it's, and it, yeah, you got the clone daughter thing, uh, who, you know, our main characters are looking after, and that's a big plot point of the film, and and her, and they, they kind of, like, I, I wish it felt like it had something to say, but if anything, I felt like it muddied up what the last movie said at the end, where because you know, the whole big thing at the end of the last movie was she presses the button and says, no, they're just like me, they deserve to live, uh, they deserve to be free, they're not anyone's property, mm-hmm. um. And I felt like this movie went out of its way to sort of like kind of like add more to her story, but it kind of took away that message a little bit. <laughs> so, Trevorrow didn't do the last one, right? No, I, th- I think he still like co-wrote it or something. Though. He was still involved. Okay. He just didn't direct it. So. Yeah. What else do I want to say? <laughs> um. I mean, at least one of the new dinosaurs I thought looked pretty cool and had a a, a distinct uh, those big claws. The fingernail ones. The big I don't fingernail ones. Yeah. Yeah. What's so funny though is even as I was watching the movie, because they introduced two sort of big new dinosaurs, I actually mm. forgot the scene that had that one in it. I thought it was the other one, and then I was like, "Oh yeah, there was two new." <laughs> Later on, I was like, "Oh yeah, there was two new dinosaurs." And which I, is I liked all the dinosaurs in this. Yeah, I thought but, they all looked great. But I, I do think, think that's a problem. The fact that I forgot that there was two to keep track of and not the one. As an issue, from like, because like, well, I don't know, I didn't have that problem, but <laughs> no, I no, I think it is an issue. I, I think again, like, they get one scene to like kind of show off what they are, and then they disappear, and then it's not because it's not like the, some of the other Jurassic Park movies where they're a constant presence. So even when you're not seeing them, they're always scared that they're going to show up again. In this movie, whenever the big dinosaurs that are a real threat like disappear, it just, it just feels like they don't exist anymore, and they don't care. Mm-hmm. They just there's okay. What's the next mission then? Oh, we're going to here, and we're going to go turn this thing on, and blah, blah. And it's like, no one's like in the original Jurassic Park when they have to go flip some switches, right? It's like there's raptors outside. This is shit scary, and they're all nervous as hell, and Ellie's nervous, and the whole thing is like a horror movie sequence. In this movie, it never feels like a horror movie, not really, because there doesn't like there's no stakes. There's a there's a couple of scenes that I thought felt like a horror movie, but they're so fast. So 
<laughs> they're very fast and do you, do you know what horror movies don't tend to be pacing wise in their scary scenes no fast <laughs> <laughs> they tend to be slow they tend to be like you know building tension and it's just, yeah. yeah well i mean the, the one scene with claire i thought was excellent and it was very slow and you get to like really it's, you know bask in it you're like why why isn't the movie like this? It's like shot really well and the, the pacing's really good and it it's mm-hmm. scary. Like that's it's such a good scene. I'm like, well, bring more of this, please. It's basically the only one. There's actually a moment later on with the other big dinosaur, the, the Gigabasaurus, whatever it's called. Yeah. Gigasaurus, <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't uh, remember. It's not even a G and any Vasaurus. Uh, I couldn't tell you. It's Giga something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh But uh, there's, there's a moment later on when it's interacting with people and like the size stays still like it's a t-rex but then they kind of like move and hide right in front of it and like i i, I was like wait why what, what, did, was it just distracted for a split second and that's why i didn't see you all move like i i felt like they didn't clearly establish like any kind of rules for it it was just it kind of felt like they were just sort of like making it up as they go along as far as mm-hmm. what, what can the characters do what, you know what can't they do in front of it kind of thing uh but uh, well i mean we'll, t- we'll talk about it properly though when we get to the spoilers in the scene but uh is there anything i should like to add before we go on and there's obviously a couple of characters that i've not talked about because I, th- I do think it's spoilery to bring them up in any proper way yeah um thanks um i don't know if oh, there's anything else I, I do like the actress uh, uh dickin lackman shows up but she's like the super sexy like evil spy in this <laughs> no i didn't like her <laughs> No, I, I just don't, didn't I don't, like that scene, I guess. Oh, no, I didn't like her in this movie because I, I thought her character was stupid. I, I like that actress from other things. She's in Dollhouse. She's popped up in a bunch of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but her character in this is, like, she's, like, the uh, the smuggler and, like, dino arms dealer. And she, mm-hmm. she, she always wears a sleek white dress. And, uh, like, she, she felt very cliched to me. She was very Bond villain, yeah. Yeah. Um... I do. I am glad that like the new characters from Fallen Kingdom are. There's like one guy who shows up from that film in the film, but he's like barely in it. And oh, there's I'm one from because uh... I didn't like them uh-huh. <laughs> all that much. And there's one from uh, Jurassic World as well. He comes back. Omar Sy's uh, character. That's right. Yeah, he's back in it too. Yeah. And it was definitely unnecessary. And I, oh, and I got so confused as well. I, I, I wasn't sure if he was like just out on his own or if he's like part of like a like a intelligence yeah. group who's got a squad of people. <laughs> like I got so confused because it was going so quickly and <laughs> didn't really so establish it. Yeah. Um, but we'll get we'll get into it. All right. So I guess we'll give the spoiler warning then. Uh, but I, I'll, I'll just say I I I think this is easily the worst Jurassic Park movie. What's the audience rating? I don't know. I'm not looking. I'll, I'll check for you. Yeah, I, I would say as of right now, yeah, this is probably my least favorite of the, of the star, Star Trek, <laughs> Jurassic <laughs> Park films. <laughs> I think this one's probably at the bottom of my list, but I do think all of them have some sort of merit. Like I don't think any of them are really bad. Even this one, like, I, there's still some things mm. in it that I really enjoyed, and I, I do think it's still worth watching if you, but, you know, don't expect, don't expect to love it. Yeah, but you'll I, probably I, I, have a good time still. To, to be very blunt, I don't think it's worth watching. I think this movie is just an example of everything that's wrong with Hollywood right now. <laughs> like, 
that's what this movie is to me it's everything that's wrong with every big franchise it has to work on nostalgia it's the same problem that's going on with star wars it's the same problem that's going on with uh, if you, if ghostbusters. you like ghostbusters afterlife you'll probably <laughs> like this movie yeah, and I think this is weaker. I, I mean, I think Ghostbusters Afterlife was a better made and paced movie, even though I don't think it was great overall. It was a better movie yeah, than this. Yeah, but this one has dinosaurs in it, so it automatically gets like a, <laughs> another point from me. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, so it's actually, when the critic scores went down. It's actually 30% now, not Yikes. 31. Uh, the audience score, because people are a bunch of sheep who are easy to please, apparently, uh, is 78%. So. Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh. So the audience are wrong. <laughs> but, I mean, we're not critics. We're audience. Yes, yes. So. Yes, no, no one hired us to, to do this review. Are we so. sheep? <laughs> no. no. We are... I was shoveling popcorn in the whole time I was watching the movie. <laughs> Going, woo! <laughs> it's that thing from The Thing. Oh, there's, so, there's so much. Do you remember this thing? Do you remember this thing? Remember this yeah, thing? Yeah, yeah, there's lots of member berries. Um, a lot of it is, I would say, subtle. Like, you really have to be a super fan of Jurassic Park to, like, to notice it. Like, even the glasses thing, I don't think people would notice it unless they're, like, watched it like we do, you know? But it, it's still, it's so unnecessary. The glossiest thing, <laughs> it's maybe. it's just like, why is this here? <laughs> the glossiest thing, maybe, but I think most of them are actually kind of in your face because the music swells up or they, you know, they, they, they overplay a lot of them. Um, so I don't think I agree that most of them are subtle. Well, I mean, yeah, maybe, I don't know. I, like, if you're a fan of the franchise and you've seen the films multiple times, you're definitely going to get all of them, but... At the same time, like, I'm sure there's a lot of them that went over people's well, heads. Well, it's basically just the first movie. Like, like there's, all, there's very little referencing to any of the other ones. It's all the first one. Well, like, what from the other films is classic? It doesn't matter what's, if it's classic or not. Like, the, like the, the, the thing is, is that the first movie, everything got made classic because it was just a great film. And people yeah. remember all these details. But the problem with a lot of these new sequels is we have to treat every little detail with this reverence. So... You know, like, for Ghostbusters' sake, it was, oh, we can't just have them use a proton pack. We have to have a hundred close-ups of all the lights turning on in the proton pack because now it's this thing that all the audience cares about and we all go, ooh, and ah, the proton pack. It's that bullshit. And it's such a it's such a slave to saying, remember how good the original movie was rather than being its own thing. This movie does not function on its own. It does not function on its own entirely. You would not... I mean, I don't, I don't care about anything in it anyway, and I have seen the other movies, but if you've only seen this one, you will not give a shit about anything that's going on. I don't know. I have no idea what that mindset would be like, but they probably would still enjoy watching dinosaurs on screen. Not enough eating, though. Not enough dinosaurs eating people. I am disappointed about that. Not a lot of kills in this film. No, not does a lot of kills. Does anyone die in this movie? <laughs> I mean, I guess we're technically in spoilers. Oh, yeah, yeah. One, one person dies. I guess we're technically in spoilers. I was about to chastise you for uh, saying that, because that, that's, I mean, that's a spoiler. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I guess we did technically give the warning already, although we hadn't really started talking spoilers yet, so... No, we're, we give the warning. We're, we're in a, we're, I don't know, we're in, like, a gray area, but... <laughs> yeah, sure, spoilers. We're in spoilers. Um, no, the movie's toothless. Uh, it, it doesn't feel like, like every character felt safe. I didn't feel a single bit of jeopardy for a single main character in this. And there's a lot of them. Like, see, by the time you get to the end, there's like a group of like 12 characters all moving together and like try to escape. And not a single one. I was like, 
you can't throw one of them to be in there, like, so there's some danger. Uh, I did think for a moment that Chris Pratt might die. And I was really hoping he would. Eh, I don't know. Um, I, I think saying, oh, people enjoy watching dinosaurs is a bit too reductive for me. I, 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 I don't think the dinosaurs stuff is, is impressive enough or is... It's presented in a way that it's a big deal on its own to actually be memorable. Other than maybe that I don't one know. clear scene. The, the dinosaurs look great in this, and I, I do like every time they're on screen. Although, surprisingly, not the raptors. I didn't really enjoy anything with Blue or the baby Blue Raptor. Sure. Yeah, we'll get to that, though. Uh, so, yeah, we need to talk about the, the movie then. Let's just talk about the movie and. Uh, Good luck. Order. Uh, well, more or less in order. <laughs> I'm not going to promise that. And, yeah, I'll skip over the recap. I don't really care about the recap. Uh, it, so the the big thing is is we're introduced to our characters and Claire is doing like she she's like stealing like kidnapped dinosaurs off of like a dinosaur farm in a, in a van and they get they're getting chased by like whoever's yeah she's the, like uh, Gary Yurovsky she's just stealing, yeah. uh, animals that are being bred and experimented on but dinosaurs yeah she's just so so they get lucky because they they sort of go through like a triceratops farm. And like a, a Triceratops takes out one of the other cars. Was like, okay, fair enough. Um, the other the scene that I had a big problem with though first. I mean, this, this felt out of place because I was like, "What's this in a Jurassic Park movie?" But the, the next scene really bothered me, which was the interesting to Chris Pat's character again, because it's him riding horses, and they're riding horses next to uh, is it the Gallimimus? No, it's the bigger dinosaurs. Pachycephalosaurus, I think. Uh, whatever. They're, they're a bit. They're they're bigger than horses, but not by too much, right? So they're but they they've got this sort of the, the pointy oh, they're back. the ones with the yeah. with the big um, horn on the back of them. Well, it's yeah. not a horn, but like their heads you know, whatever like the a, resonator thing is. Their heads kind of like the shape of like a dustbuster. If you, <laughs> <laughs> they got a handle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so and the whole idea is to try to wrangle them. So he's got he's got the the, the lasso and he's trying and he's not trying to hurt them. He's just trying to like take them somewhere safe so they're not out in the wild. And it's like okay, that's all nice. The problem I had with this. It's just how awful it looked because not only was a lot of it really badly green screened and it looked really fake, but the bigger problem I had is that it was very clear that for most of the shots that Chris Pratt was not actually on a horse. He was in a green room somewhere and they had some kind of like, you know, motorized saddle bouncing him up and down to simulate the movement of a horse. And everything about it looked goddamn fake. And I'm like, really, are we at the point where we can just shoot an actor riding the horse? Can we not just do that? I'm, I'm personally, I'm glad. I don't think we should use animals for entertainment uh, in, in film, you know, being the whole animal rights wow. person I am. But <laughs> so I'm glad. And also, why wasn't it a raptor? Why couldn't he even ride a raptor? Like, I thought this was setting up that he was going to saddle up what? on a raptor. That's why they were showing him riding around on a horse with a saddle. I'm like, okay, this is setting up. We're going to get him riding a raptor at no, the end. No, no. Tara, th there's never been a hint he's going to ride a raptor. I'm, I'm no, not. I, I totally thought that that's what this was no. setting up. <laughs> Honestly, I was just like, okay. That would <laughs> have been go stupid. <laughs> I, I I agree, but that's what I was that's what I was ready for. No 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 no. Okay. The movie never crossed that line, but I, I really thought that that's like, what it was setting up. Like, I can't make. Otherwise, a, why is this in here? Like I can't make a solid argument against the animal like inclusion for abuse sake, right? But for, from a filmmaking sense, I thought this looked terrible, and I just it never, none of it felt real to me. Why was it in there also? Like, is it, I mean, I know that they just went through the montage of like 
dinosaurs also being just around. So it's, like, I mean, they gotta hurt him for some reason. But like, well, it's, it's, it's in there for two reasons. It's an introduction. To, he needs to have an epic introduction to show what he's doing. And two, from a plot perspective, it's to establish that he's been watched by an evil person who's going to follow him home. So there is a plot reason as well. It, you know, it's, it's going to lead to why there's a villain who knows where he is in the next scene. Which, by the way, this villain... But it's is already set up a bit because... Oh, um, hold on, hold on. So this villain, see when you first see him and he's with his like, little posse and it's like an old cowboy movie and he's like watching through the binoculars. I was like, this is so late. This is so shit. Why is Jurassic there an evil World, posse? the wild bunch. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I had to, I had to, because I just, like, as soon as it cut over to them, and, like, there's, like, yeah. villains are watching through binoculars, I was, like, why just is this turns, bad already? It turns it's, into a Sam Peckinpah movie. Because, <laughs> obviously, like, I knew that, like, the consensus wasn't great going in, and I wanted to, because everyone hated Fallen Kingdom, too, and I ended up kind of liking a lot of that movie. Not all oh, of yeah. it, but I liked a fair chunk of it. Bugs Bunny Raptor, best dinosaur ever. But this, like... <laughs> immediately I, something felt off something felt wrong like it was just it was maybe it's just a case of colin trevor doesn't know how to direct a, a lot of styles and this this just didn't work but it, it does feel like a studio committee movie where like we have to have all these things so he's trying to squeeze them all in so everything's going quick 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 the problem that i have with it is that okay so where are our our, our heroes from the last two films. One of them is still rescuing dinosaurs and the other one is being a badass somewhere. And then cuts to them living in a snowy mountain in a cabin in a snowy mountain, um, hidden away from the world because they have to hide this little girl who is actually the thing that people want. So what, what I mean, the person that's being searched for. So why couldn't, like, why couldn't they just be all hiding together and that's your introduction, is that she gets found and stolen because she's wandering around. Like, you don't, you can still... No, sure, yeah. This, you don't need to have these big moments. Like, the the main heart of this film is them being parents, or especially Claire being a mother to this girl now. So, like, why isn't, why isn't there anyone there to watch her? <laughs> No, no, you're right. Like, the movie could totally just start with them at this cabin and just sort of, like, ha- introduce the villain being, like, a stranger who comes up and, like, you know, you know, treat, you know there's someone watching, you know, treat, a bit, treat it with a bit of menace and, like, you know, okay, who's that? This is dark and mysterious. And then she gets kidnapped and then you can, you know, Yeah, I mean, she gets spooked maybe a couple times because a raptor shows up and she gets spooked again or she thinks, like, everything's a raptor out there, but it turns out to be a man. That's the most dangerous thing and it abducts her, you know? Like, there's another way to do this where you don't have to have these... You know, we already know that Claire loves, you know, rescues dinosaurs from the first one. We already know that Chris Pratt's a badass from the first two. So, like, uh, these scenes are unnecessary, I think. Completely unnecessary. I mean, a, a lot of the... I, mean, I, I think there's so much this. I think the entire conspiracy with the locust is unnecessary, and it's just an yeah. excuse. Oh, by the way, yeah. if uh, The locusts are the real I mean, not, <laughs> villains. It's not even just that there's a, a conspiracy. Do with, not expect that. Yeah, so it's not even just that there's a conspiracy with, like, Jurassic-era locusts that are like, eating all the world's crops. It actually functions as a... Like, a, the world is in peril. Like, these locusts might ruin the food supply for the entire planet if it doesn't get stopped. So there's, like, a there's like a, there's like a, a real world, like, the world is doomed plot happening in the background that the characters are also kind of trying to stop throughout the movie. And that's kind of what, you know, Laura Dern 
comes in to investigate this, then she wants to go and sneak into this evil lab, and she asks Alan Grant for help. Uh, Jeff Goldblum's already there undercover. <laughs> like, does this sound shit and stupid? Because it is. <laughs> yeah, he's there under, like, he's been, he's like some sort of uh, professor guy, uh, Jeff Goldblum, mm-hmm. and he's there. But, like, the last movie, he was in a courtroom, like, talking about the evils of man and, like, trying to fight <laughs> God. And then somehow he, they're like, this is the guy we need for our, <laughs> for our company. <laughs> <laughs> to give a to give TED talks to students who yeah. are interning with us. Like, so I'm going. I'm it's going so to... confusing. Like, how did he end up there? Right. I assume <laughs> some people are just going to listen to this and won't see the movie. So I want to just explain this locust thing succinctly, right, without bouncing around. So yeah. the locust thing is that there's these giant locusts eating the crops, and but funnily enough, they're not eating crops that were used with what, what was the company's in Biosyn. Biosyn, they're actually from uh, the original book oh, series. No. I'm sure they are. Well, I'll get to why in a minute. I'm sure they are. But the crops that Biosyn seeds came from, they're not being touched. So the conspiracy is that Biosyn are ruining everyone else's crops, but not their own. And Laura Dern's going to investigate it. And it turns out this was uh, Dr. Henry Wu, B.D. Wong's character, made a bit of a whoopsie. <laughs> and they weren't supposed to like destroy everything like this. And he wants to redeem himself for that. So that's the whole thing. And this ties into the plot with a little girl. We'll get to that. But the reason why I want to talk about this, the reason why I'm bringing all this up. Who is the leader of Biosyn? So you know how when I compared this to Star Trek, or sorry, not Star Trek, Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker? You know one of the jokes people make about that movie is, somehow, Palpatine returned. Well... This movie has its own version of that. You ready for this? Somehow, Dodson returned. <laughs> Dodson. Remember? Dodson here. We got Dodson. Now, I don't know if this might be the same guy specifically. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I always thought his name was Lewis Dodson, right? In the in the first movie? I haven't actually looked at IMDb or anything I can't remember yet, what so... his first name was in the first movie. Uh, I think it's Lewis Dodson. He's Lewis Dodson here in this movie. Okay, so then he yeah, okay. is just the same guy. It's not the same actor, though, because I did check. No. Uh, but, so... He didn't seem like the same actor. Yeah, but it's been law enough that, you know, whatever. Uh, but, like... So, so as soon as... Because at first it's like, okay, it's this rival company, it's doing all this stuff, they've set up a preserve, but they've got a secret underground lab and they're doing all this heinous shit, and it's fine. But they, they go there, and um, they just... Like, they mention his name Dodson at one point, and my brain just went, wait a minute. <laughs> Dodson. <laughs> I know that name. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, technically you could say, isn't it smart that they're pulling on this thread that was set up in there? But here's, here's the thing. Th- this to me is a lot like how, like, where you're making, like, a Rogue One, and you're like, oh, there's that one line where someone stole plans to a death, so we're going to make a whole movie based on that idea. Like, here's the same thing. We're the villain, so it's going to be Dodson. And the moment I lost my shit in this movie, the moment I actually audibly went for F's sake in the theater, and I never say anything out loud, but I, and I didn't say it too loud, right? I wasn't like being an asshole to people who were around me. But I audibly went for F's sake. Is the moment that he has the shaving foam can that's damaged on his that shelf and he picks it up and he's like, I'm going to take this with me because it's like a. You weren't wondering what happened to that Barbasol can <laughs> from the first film? <laughs> well, I mean, first of it all. It got buried in mud. <laughs> first of all, how did he even find the goddamn thing? Because yeah, that's shit. Metal detector. <laughs> right secondly why would he keep it like as some kind of artifact or heirloom 
this is nothing but nostalgia for the audience to go i recognize that thing we saw that thing this i mean it was already making too many references and i was already rolling my eyes at a lot of the character stuff but this moment when he picked up that that shaving foam can i was like i want to swear so bad f you movie f you this is the moment you cross the line where you're just okay you've mined everything you cannot reference anything else uh, they mm-hmm. found a way to do it later with the logo of all things, but you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would made me laugh in the face. The, the, like, the, I can't believe they did that. The T Rex. So there's, there's, like there's like a big art fixture at this fancy, you know, campus that they're on, and it's a big circle, and the T Rex walks past it, and you get like the, the logo. Like, I mean, I'll be honest, yeah. this one doesn't bother me that much because it, at the very least, all the T Rex. I couldn't believe that they did that after oh, everything else, you know? Oh yeah, after everything else is laughable. But see, if this was the only thing, I'd probably think it was cute. Because the actual action the T-Rex has taken is not that contrived. All he's doing is walking left to right. It's fine. <laughs> like, yeah, he's he's just true. walking past it. It's just because of the camera angle and the sculpture. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm at least happy because part of me thought... Because when, it, when, it, when I realized... Because obviously you see him walking in the circles and you're like, oh, I know what this is doing. Part of me thought he was going to pause... When he like when mm-hmm. he when he roared and it was going Wink to like, at the camera, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it didn't do that thankfully. It just a kept walking. Sound, <laughs> but you can freeze frame it and you can technically get them making the logo with the circle and the T Rex walking past it. I might do that. Oh dear. Um, <laughs> just uh, okay. So anyway, so. Ellie is investigating this, and she goes to Alan, who's still doing dig site stuff. And would you? So he asks about her kids, right? Because obviously from Jurassic Park three, we know she had kids with someone else. And she's like, "Oh yeah, they're in college now." And I'm like, "Yeah, that makes sense because that was yep. 2001, and it's now 2022. They would be in their twenties now." <laughs> um, but then he goes, "Oh, how's? I think, I think it was Mark. I want to Mark? Say. Yeah." And she's like, "Oh, uh, we're not together anymore." And I just went. Oh, because I'm like, I, did, I actually did that in the theater. This went, is just yes. retconning fan service <laughs> bullshit, and it's no, not. I that like it's, it. I like it. And it's it not, never should have been a part. Uh, if this is their, if they just had to take their separate journeys in order to find love at the end, that's I, uh, that's okay. I hated this because I'm like, well, okay, you're going to kiss by the end, then, right? We're going to yes. put them back together because if you're writing fan fiction and you want to make people happy. We have to do everything that'll make the fans happy. They never should have been apart. Even if it nar- narratively just feels forced or makes no sense or, you know, uh, like, it, it would be one thing if there was a well-told story about how they fall for each other again, but there isn't. Like, it's just, it's just it's set up here in this one scene. There's, like, a one moment later where the little girl's like, hey, are you two a couple? And they're like, no, no, we're just old friends. And then they kiss at the end. Like, that's it. That's the whole thing. I love it. It's tacked really on. It, no, that's just... No, no, it's good. It's perfect. I'm glad it's there. As soon as she said that, I was like, all right. I hate it. <laughs> finally. Hate finally, it. we're going to get a kiss. I was only <laughs> ma- each other. I was only mildly feeling a little bit better because at least she changed her clothes and she wasn't wearing her first movie outfit the whole movie. So she at Did least changed it. When they things? were like infiltrating, that it looked a lot like uh, the Andromeda strain laboratory. A bit. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. I was getting major Andromeda strain sets from that and you know but, what yeah. I, and, I, and for the record i don't mind like some of them having traits like jeff goldblum's character still wearing a leather jacket is kind of like yeah okay that feels like something he would just never give up and there's a running gag almost with alan he's loving his hat 
you know like alan loves his hat that was a running thing in part three as well that he keeps trying to get his hat back even though it's stupid and dangerous um but the problem i had with his characterization is that okay he agrees to help with this thing but then when they find out they're going to this like you know preserve where all the dinosaurs are at um like First of all, they'd sort of do like a redo of the, you have a T-Rex, because, you know, the guy mentions, oh, the, the, the T-Rex just arrived, and it's like, the T-Rex is here. I'm like, okay, so you're doing that moment again. Uh, but then they mentioned, like, the bigger one, and they, they talk about it. I just, I felt like, given, especially from Jurassic Park 3, Alan was so, like, I there's no way you're ever getting me step foot in one of those islands. I'm never going back there. No, it was traumatizing. I'm not doing it. And they had to, like, knock him out, and then he's, like, pissed off when he wakes up, and he's furious about it. I felt like in this movie, and you could argue maybe he's just doing it for Ellie, but, like, I... I, I oh, totally. But, she asked him personally. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I just felt like he was a little too calm about everything. <laughs> maybe he wasn't quite in character or maybe it's just gotten to the point where everyone's just sort of used to seeing dinosaurs around now that he's not mm. as scared anymore but um i don't know like I, him i i think this plot makes sense in order to get for, in order for it to be ellie's movie you mm -hmm. know for her to have the main storyline by doing the locust plot because she's a paleobotanist so like why would she be necessary for anything unless, you know, crops are involved? Um, and her asking her old flame <laughs> to help her out, um, who's going to say yes because, you know, he loves her. And we all know that he does. And uh, that's, uh, I think that's okay. Like, I, 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 that the stuff didn't bother me. I thought... They both kind of felt like the characters to me. It's honestly like it's uh, Ian Malcolm who doesn't feel like the the same character to me anymore. But that sort of happened after actually, the Lost World anyway. The same thing's kind of true with him actually, because in the Lost World he was also adamant he was never want to go near dinosaurs, and like he's already there. He's like living <laughs> at this well, place. Presumably, Biosyn is very well off. Oh you yeah, know? The pain, especially since they're yeah. controlling crop manufacturers. I think Biosyn, uh, just to get this out of the way is very much real life uh bear uh who i think own monsanto which is uh i'm pretty sure we've brought it up before because it's been they they've been like major evil people forever where they sell um a product called roundup which is a weed killer and uh it's sprayed over crops but like in order for it to not kill the crop and only kill the weeds that grow uh you have to buy their special crop seeds and so because of that, like, um, so you can use this, like, just all over um, pesticide and uh, not have to worry about your crops dying. But because of that, it's, like, a affecting insect populations really poorly. And um, they're also just becoming a monopoly on actual crop farming and are raking in all this money. <laughs> and it's horrible for the environment. And so that's clearly what they're basing this corporation off of. They, they couldn't get their dinosaur DNA from InGen that they were trying to do when they were in competition with InGen. And so they went down this route instead and are now bringing back old insects and developing their crops to be resistant to the insects. Yeah. Uh, none of this is remotely interesting, though, in the movie. Uh, like all of it just feels like an excuse I mean, for characters to do things um i think okay i, I hadn't really considered this before but 
are there like major biblical themes in these films like the locusts and you know there's uh there's something coming up later which we'll discuss about like uh immaculate conception and like um you know even with the last movie fallen kingdom with the uh, you know kind of like the flood where things just get wiped out except it's a volcano are they trying to do like biblical stuff in this i think it's more of a happenstance than anything i would say that obviously one of the key things in the first movie is the idea that they they were playing god by bringing dinosaurs back and i think that that notion has been there the whole time um and i think the the it's just natural to reference here because earlier on when the locust things happening like there's a guy at the cia because that's the thing. Well, the guy from the last movie is now got this really cushy, like really like top secret job at the CIA. All of a sudden, it feels like he's really yeah, went up in the world. He wasn't in it much. Yeah, but he, <laughs> um, like the guy he's sitting next to, is like, oh, next it'll be you know, uh, rain of fire, and that kind of happens by the end of the movie yeah. actually. Um, but so you know, I I wouldn't read too much into it because I I genuinely don't think this movie. Because I I wish it was more about something like I I think. Jurassic Park, at its core, like I said earlier, was is very simple, right? And I, I, I honestly think most of what happens bef- before they get to the the base, I think you could cut. I think it'd be far more interesting if you start this movie with them arriving at the base and what you know, maybe you sort of change how they get there and why they're there and whatever. Uh, or I mean, maybe you still have the like Owen and Claire still there to try and get the, still the girl back. The kid, like she yeah. ends up there anyway. But just have all that happen beforehand and have us discover why everyone's there while we're already there. I think having over an hour a setup is just a big killer of this because I think if you if you do it all while still there, then you can spend more time sort of building up the dinos. You can sp- spend more time building up all the various things. I, I don't... Because I don't mind that there's a, another scientific corporation who are kind of stepping in and honestly, the idea that it's the same corporation who were trying to steal the dino DNA back in the first movie is cute. I don't mind that as a, as a concept. Um, conceptually, that's totally fine. Especially for um, like the book fans, it, too. It, it's more how they go about doing it, and it's more how, instead of actually trying to say anything with it, it's more about just referencing constantly the first movie. And one of the things that I'm like, okay, what are the potential things I thought that they could do? What ones? Because it's uh, Alan Grant and Ellie, they run into the little girl, right? Uh, what's her name? Maisie? Maisie, that's it. So they're into Maisie, right? And I say little girl, she's like 14, which is not little really anymore, but you know. Yeah, she's a teenager, yeah. Re- relative to, she's to the adults. super unlikable <laughs> teenager. But when they run to her in the base, right, when they're sneaking around, and I thought, oh, this is where they're going to do something interesting. And maybe how Ellie will fall for Alan again is she'll see him be great with a kid. And that would be a nice callback to the original in a way that, like, and I know I've just. But I've, I've just said for the last hour, I've been talking about how they're calling back to the original too much. But they're calling back to the original by using names and repeating lines and details. What this, this, the way you should call back... Journeys, yeah. The way that you should call back to, to a previous film is by using what you've set up. And because we know who the character is, then something they do means something to us because they've changed or because they are progressing to a different place. So in this case... Alan's whole thing in the first movie was that, oh, I hate kids, I don't want kids, they're horrible, they smell, blah, blah, blah. And then he has that, you know, he has this great journey with Tim and uh, Lex, say, uh, or just Lex. Uh, but and he has this story with them where he looks out for them, he becomes a father figure, and it's this sweet story of him connecting with these kids. And I thought, oh, here they are with a 14-year-old, and she's going to be scared 
like and there's a couple you know he's, he's just kind of fine but it, they don't really make a big deal of it where there's like a moment where he has to like really comfort her or like calm her down or keep her safe or anything and I, and I thought why like of all the things you're not doing and referencing the first movie like have alan go into super dad mode because that's the sort of thing he learned to be in the first film it, that would be a a callback that would resonate because it would be yeah. like what he went through made a difference to him and this is the result of that difference and this is also something that if you're going to do the whole ellie and him get together she can witness this and be like holy shit he's like a, like a, a great father figure character now and well the, you know. not just that but it would at least remind her of like yeah, yeah. why she fell in love with him in the in that first movie it doesn't he doesn't have to be like a great father to her grown-up kids now oh no it's uh, just I, like, that's, that's not what i mean for, for the right yeah. i don't mean that he she needs like a new father figure for her kids i just mean it's a it was a it's a good character trait it's just like oh this is his kind like heroic side this is you know like you say why she fell for him is because he is this good person um yeah. so you know i like i like that's something you can do in fact there's a good example right one of the few things and they ruin it later on by like using them again so nedry's death in the first movie right with the the spitty ones with the fin like the dilophosaurus dilophosaurus yes right so claire runs into them right and we'll talk about the rest of her stuff separately but claire runs into them and it's like oh shit we've not really seen them since the first movie uh, mm-hmm. but we know what they do because it's a really memorable scene with nedry and i thought this was actually a good use of calling back to the original because probably the the most fun thing Owen does this whole movie is like because oh, you're thinking right they're not going to kill Claire so how this is she going to Steve Irwin moment yeah this is his best moment in the movie because like totally. they're separate they're separated right now uh, she gets pinned down next to like this like station she's next to a wall and the the fin comes out and it's like it's just getting ready to spit at her and then Owen's hand comes in and grabs the neck and just sort of you know chokes it and you can see like the uh, whatever you call the it the venom's like yeah. coming out between the teeth and stuff yeah, and, it, yeah. It, it's, it's basically like it's it's almost like he's because i assume this is paralytic it's, it's probably paralyzing his own mouth because yeah, he's just he's like, like asphyxiating <laughs> on his <yeah>. own venom it's a great moment yeah yeah i thought this was a cool moment and it works as a callback because that's a very memorable scene we know what it's going to do and we're thinking how does she get out of this yeah she, and then she's the, very helpless there and then the way he actually like saves her is a fun little beat that was like oh that was cool and there's like one other cool dinosaur moment at the end that i liked as well but we'll, we'll get to that um but then they had to like ruin it because then dodson also has to die with these guys because that's how nedry died so he gets you know spit at by like three of them and dies later mm-hmm. on in the, in, the, in the underground like tube tunnel system they've got um yeah yeah it would have been nice to like seen a uh seen like a big dinosaur chomp on him or something i guess but it you're you're right it is just a call back again so you're like it, it, automatically you're thinking about that instead of the death that's happening on screen i i really do like that moment a lot with owen and i think if he was just like the family guy and who's like doing his best to save his adopted daughter in this case and then here he has to save claire from this by using his expertise as being like a dinosaur handler which you know was established from the first film or from the first Jurassic World film, so I think that that was gr- great. Like I loved that moment, and I thought this is a great use of this character. Uh, I I see why they're in love, and like <laughs> he's there to save her and to save the kid, and it's uh, it makes sense. Everything makes sense. What's happening? <laughs> I, I thought that was a really really good scene. Yeah. And, so th- uh, yeah. 
Yeah, so we saw it jump ahead to a couple of times because we, I don't know, we just we naturally got to them. But we, we do kind of have to mention the first half a bit more because there's a whole espionage. Like they go to Malta, they have to stake yeah. out where the lady who might have smuggled the kid is like hanging out. And it leads to they've got like other not velociraptors they've got uh something else raptors. raptors yeah but remember in the last movie they established that some of them had been trained to kill with the laser pointer so they do that and it's really just there so that it explains why these raptors are chasing after our main characters through a city and ignoring everyone else is because no no they've been locked on to them so they're going to like gun for them so we get yeah. like a motorbike chase with owen as they're chasing after him um and claire's in the back of the truck in fact claire i mean claire Claire, like, has like a, actually, this was one of the moments that I felt like, what is this movie doing? Is Claire gets into like a, a like a martial arts fight with a, like spy lady in like mm-hmm. a in like an apartment, and then when like the dino like chases her into another apartment and she like, she like zaps it in the face with a taser and it's like this, you know, there's, there's definitely like a feeling of like the characters have like plot armor and. That's always true to an extent when you've got like main characters in a movie where they're in peril constantly, but it really felt like here, like you've got them in situations where, like, ah, oh, they're too used to being attacked by dinosaurs now, so they're not even acting that scared. <laughs> they're, they're just, you know, they're running on roof. Like, there's a, there's a shot. This is the thing that made me think of Born. There's a shot where she's chasing Spy Lady and they're literally running on the rooftops across like a street, and I'm like, yeah, what is this movie? <laughs> like, what yeah. is this Jurassic Park movie? <laughs> I mean, it was in the trailer, so, like, um, I I guess I was kind of expecting the scene, but mm. I just don't, um, It it's just so unnecessary. It's just an action set piece that, you know, maybe Trevorrow thought, this this sounds cool, we're just going to do, like, a Jason Bourne scene, but except with raptors um, instead of, like, other people on motorbikes. And uh, it's, it's just, it's just too out there. Like, it's just too, it's too much to where I'm, like, a, Look, I'm happy to see dinosaurs and all, but like, not like this. I, I yeah. don't want this. It, it's it's just completely unnecessary because they all end up on the same place anyway, where the girl is, and it's not here. So, uh, I just don't understand yeah, why a it's race, in the movie other than it looks cool. There's a race to the plane because uh, our badass pilot chick didn't want to get involved, but she feels guilty because when she was handing over the baby raptor, she saw the girl and sort of like thought, "Oh yeah, there's a baby raptor in this too." That's also <laughs> they also need to get back for blue. <laughs> <laughs> I I mean I didn't honestly one of the only moments in the movie where I kind of felt something was right at the very end when they give Blue or Raptor back her baby yeah and she looks at Owen and I was like you know what this is a nice like sort of play on like how close they were in the first movie so I, I feel a little something for this but just a, just a little I'm glad you had that uh, the the baby Raptor was cute and I imagine that's a lot of the reason why it's in there but I I didn't really like it that much like I like the idea that instead of you know, wolves or something in the woods that it's raptors. And, you know, because Owen has this relationship and, you know, birds can like imprint on a human when they're born and they think that that's their parents and birds are dinosaurs. So I I believe that this can happen, that there could be some sort of parental figure for a dinosaur. Um, And, and that's okay. Like it's just out in the, it's out in the wild occasionally comes to visit, maybe bring it like a, a snack, like a dead wolf or something or <laughs> on its doorstep and leave for, for Owen. And um, that would be fun. But uh, <laughs> I, I don't know, like they had like a really antagonistic relationship and I thought that was a little bit strange in this. Yeah. And not just because the baby was taken, like it was there from the beginning. And it's yeah. just like, he's constantly just doing the hand thing. <laughs> 
But and then, and then Maisie starts doing it as well. She's also now one with the raptors. Yes. Well, yeah. She named the the baby Beta. <laughs> Why not? I suppose. Uh, wasn't there already a Beta in the um, Jurassic World? Because weren't they named like Alpha Beta? I think so. Yeah, that's, that's right. I can't remember. But anyway. Uh, back to the, the, the action scene, there's a whole race to the plane, like, Owen has to, like, ride the motorbike onto the, the back of the plane as it's already starting to take off, and it's just like this, you know, it's this big, dumb, stupid action scene, um, and you've seen it done, you've seen this almost exact same type of scene done better, maybe without the dinosaurs, but, you know, the whole riding the bike on it, like, it's a Mission Impossible scene, right? That's what it is. <laughs> it's a Mission Impossible, it's a little bit Indiana Jones, it's a little, yeah, it's, it's just... It's too many things. It doesn't. It's just so not necessary. It doesn't but, but need to be part, here. You know, like you're making too many movies here, Trevara. Yeah, part of the reason why <laughs> Jurassic Park works as a concept is because the rest of the world feels grounded. It's the normal world, but some crazy rich man has brought dinosaurs back to life and has built a park around them. But it's mm-hmm. been everyone else feeling grounded, like they're from the real world, is what makes it feel real. Because it's like, oh shit, this feels really tense and scary because these real people are terrified of these giant monsters that are coming after them. So they feel realer as a result. When you have scenes like this that feels more like out of like a over-the-top spy action movie, it makes the whole thing just feel a bit more... Oh, it's a, bit, it's a Hollywood blockbuster. Nothing really feels like it's a real thing. And there's a lot of like dodge... Like, when they crash land the plane, like, so obviously they eject clear. We'll get back to her in a second. But like... The, the crash land the plane with Chris Pratt and a pilot lady, and they crash on like a it's like a frozen lake or a frozen dam at the top of this like area, and it's one of these scenes where, for some reason, I don't know if it's something about the cold atmosphere and snow or whatever, but this is where like green screen stuff always really sticks out to me is when they're in a location like this and it just feels like okay they're in a green screen room somewhere, uh, because the 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 background and all the ice just looks really fake and. They have this, you know, there's a bit of a set piece here where, like, there's, like, a dinosaur that's coming in and out of the water and, like, Chris Pratt falls in at one point and then she pulls him out and there's not much to it. Like, honestly, it's a pretty forgettable scene. Uh, it just kind of yeah, falls under the... Yeah, I mean, the, the... the new dinosaur was neat. Like, I was happy to see that, especially because they had just established that that Biosyn... Hmm, Biosyn. Interesting name. Um, also, uh, that's, that's has Crichton's... created genius not this movie don't even do you dare give it to this movie (laughs) (laughs) it's true yeah but yeah interesting i just thought of that okay so the um that they have discovered that they do not need to splice any kind of dna in order to create dinosaurs so the dinosaurs that they're making are genetically accurate to what existed before so because of that we get dinosaurs with lots of feathers and fur and you know, what we know more yeah. or less now closer to what they look like rather than in Jurassic Park. And I think that's really cool that we get to see, oh, here's just, you know, dinosaurs as as accurate as we can speculate that they are on the screen. And this might even be some kind of Velociraptor-like thing because we know they were supposed to, you know, they probably had feathers and stuff, and this one clearly does. But, and so I, I really enjoyed seeing all the new additions to uh, the dinosaur family in these. And this was... Not a terrible scene, but I just don't think that, uh, again, like, it would have been cool if they just, you know, uh, Clary ejects from the plane. We get her perspective for a while, but then we see the plane crash from Owen and the pilot's perspective, and they're on this lake. It kind of would have been cool if we didn't see what happens. Like, we know they're probably going to be okay because in their main characters, we don't actually see them die. 
But if Claire thinks that they're gone and then she suddenly gets saved by Owen and that's the first time we see him back too before the big ending, I think that also would have been pretty cool. Like, it would you know, also we didn't really need the, their journey as well. It would have cut a lot of fluff, although I do think uh, the introduction to the bigger dinosaur is with Owen and the pilot when they're looking for Claire, so you would lose the intro to that. So you'd have to put that somewhere else with some other characters, maybe. Yeah. Uh, but I'm sure it could be done. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm sure it could be, but like, I'm just that's the only thing of value in theory. But yeah, like you would be able to cut a few scenes out, which this movie does need to do. It needs to cut out some scenes and not necessarily short the movie down, even though the movie is quite long. No, it just makes some of the scenes that are good more set piece. You know, like more, more like oh, I remember. Like I remember them properly. the T Rex scene. I remember the the raptors in the kitchen scene. You know, the big ones that stand out. I remember the end scene with the with the bones. <laughs> yeah, because they're edited properly, because they're directed right. in a way where they're tense and they build up and they crescendo. And you remember so many of the details. You remember the, the cup of water rippling. You remember the, the sound coming towards you. You remember uh, the flare more than that layer. You remember so many, so many things, right? In fact, one of, one of the things that I liked about the callbacks in Jurassic World, the first one, uh, is the flare, right? I thought was a really neat callback because it was it was designed to tell you you're about to see the T-Rex. It was like a shorthand yes. to the audience. Like, you know yeah. this means T-Rex. I remember T-Rex watching that because in, your the, brain in the theater. Because co- your brain connects it to the, the flare in the first movie. So as soon as you see it, you get excited because you realize you're about to get the T-Rex. It's yeah. smart. It's the, the shorthand has been created because it's something that our brains can work with. Whereas the callbacks, for the most part in this, are just... Like, they can't help themselves. They can't restrain themselves. They have to just do it. Yeah, I like the... Um, I mean, you're, what you were saying before, the the flare, like, when I watched in the theater, like, everybody in the theater reacted when they saw the flare, even before you see the T-Rex, because we all have that memory. We all know what that means. We all know we're about to see something that we've been waiting for for the whole movie. Yep, yep. Uh, and, you know... And most of the stuff in, in Jurassic World that were callbacks weren't, like gimmicky they were all they're they were addressed by characters even they're like oh i like i like the old logo i like the old shirt or you know stuff like that it wasn't really a lot of uh oh remember this we're gonna put this in here also yeah no it definitely wasn't as egregious and the ones that were there made more sense whereas there's a lot of stuff in here where it's really contrived, where they, they put char- especially the original characters, they'll put them in situations where they can sort of have a wink-wink, nudge-nudge about, oh, we kind of went through this once before, we kind of had this moment. Uh, what, what was the... What, what, was that Alan or Ian had a line where is, is, they, they went like, believe me, I know. Uh, I think it was Ian about something. Uh, it was something about uh, one of the yes. dinosaurs. I can't remember what the line was now, it's going to bug me, but... Uh, so someone says, "Oh, you can't do this because blah blah blah," and then or they're they're really fast, or they do this, and he's like, "Oh, trust me, I know." And it's it's just it's like, yeah, okay, because it happened to you in the first movie. <laughs> like we, we we get it, we get it. It's a bit more wink wink, uh, and it just yeah, it, it gets it gets really old uh, as it goes on, and you know part of the reason why the Claire scene works so well when she ejects from the plane, uh, and she's dangling there in the the seat right uh, you know the parachute and they do a thing where like it's not pterodactyls it's like another species they mentioned but uh, it comes in and grabs the, dinosaurs yeah, yeah rips the parachute uh there's a second parachute and she gets caught in the tree which reminded me of dress about three a little bit actually because uh mm-hmm. you know you see the the seat high in there like that but 
We have this scene where this big dinosaur, this is the big one with the big fingers, the big claws, right? So this one's especially bird-like because it has some fur in the back. Yeah, we can see its eye, so it looks it looks like it might be blind. Like it uses other sensor, mm. a sensory perception because it's like all whited out, its eyes. And which, stuff. which makes sense because, you know, like it's kind of following Claire when it's listening for her, but it doesn't mm -hmm. see her. And this is because the, the first image they ever released of this movie it was Claire doing the apocalypse now like head out the water. <laughs> I was like, what, 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 I don't remember that, but yeah. I, I see why. This is yeah. definitely the standout scene for me in the film. Yeah, and the whole thing is she she, she falls down and like the dinosaur hears it and turns around and she slowly crawls into this little you know swamp area and like and submerges in the water. And they do that thing where you, you get this like obviously trickery side shot where. You can see under the water her holding her breath, but above the water you see the dinosaur sniffing and sort of looking for her. Um, and it's a really effective moment. And it's it's, it's so funny because later on, like, I had forgotten this dinosaur existed because they introduced the other big dinosaur, the one that's bigger than the T-Rex, and even, like, sort of fights and scares the T-Rex off, which... And a part of me was going, we've done the Spinosaurus already, what are you going to do? And part of me was thinking, okay, the T-Rex has to ultimately win, because this movie is far too terrified of not giving the audience of what it thinks it wants. Right? That, that's the logic yes. of this movie. And it knows people were upset that the Spinosaurus killed the T-Rex in, yes. in, in 3. But if they, they already like did the thing in the first one, you know, Jurassic World, where when the T-Rex when the jumps out, he smashes through the Spinosaurus skeleton. They already did like a like a wink wink and that <laughs> that's right yeah so but i know this scene's well done it's it's, it's tense uh it works um i i think the other big scene with the other one the, the gigasaurus whatever it's called um when it's coming after it's right after all the characters have kind of met up uh and they're trying to get into the station that's got like a ladder and stuff and this is where i start to feel like oh there's too many characters now because you're, you're all kind of like you know like sneaking around the like car yeah and it, it just it feels weird and none of you feel like you're, you can you can die you all feel like you're too loved to like be, be thrown into the dinosaur's mouth uh this scene i didn't think was as good even though as kind of a typical more jurassic park scene uh the reference in this scene that made me roll my eyes is it's like they had to give ian malcolm like redemption for being an idiot with the flare in the first movie because he basically does the same thing except with a torch where he lights a torch and like the dinosaur's going after the others and they're all going up the ladder and he lights the torch and he starts waving it just like he did the flare in Jurassic Park but this time he's not an idiot and he actually saves them by doing this right it was like remember that moment in the first movie this is him getting his redemption like he's learned I did think it was strange that he threw it, the torch into the dinosaur's mouth like instead of throwing it away yeah yeah. he threw it like, which uh, I think they wanted the visual of because it, it looked like the dinosaur was like breathing fire for like a moment yeah it looked like a dragon <laughs> And I think that's what they wanted from it. But it was one of those things, this feels a bit over the top. It feels a bit too... But, like, all of a sudden, he can throw this like a spear. Like, he's like, does he do this in his spare time? Does he go javelin, like, throwing? Like, well, it's a big mouth, so I imagine it's a big target. So <laughs> direct hit, though. He goes right down the throat. Yeah, good job. <laughs> um, well, to go back to the Claire scene, because I, I have been waiting to talk about that. Oh, sure, sure. Uh, yeah. I mean, when she... When she ejects and stuff, and Owen tells her, look... This we're going to be separated. You have the only ejectable seat for some reason in this plane, um, and if your shoe doesn't go off, you have a second one. Just pull the lever and stuff. Like they're setting everything up. I'm like, okay, this sounds cool. And then when she when she goes and it's all done from like almost like she's wearing like a camera 
and we're following her from her perspective like we barely get any range of what's going on it's just what she can see sensory wise and we see like the shoot go out so she's safe that way and all of a sudden there's all these like murderous dinosaurs like swinging around her like she looks like she's just hanging bait for them but instead they go for the parachute and take that out and then uh she pulls the second lever and then the second thing come the shoot comes out but it's a bit late so she lands in the tree i thought all that was like wow that was so exhilarating and cool and what a cool way to show off uh the the flying dinosaurs and how dangerous they are after we saw one like rip apart a plane <laughs> which was kind of dumb but uh that i thought that was such a what a neat like directing style also to just do it from her perspective it's like one that. of the few moments in the movie where it feels like there's a directorial flair like there's a choice totally. been made where like no i'm going to do something that's going to make this scene feel special it, it doesn't end until she ends in, ends up in the water also like the whole thing feels really really good and like when she is dangling from the tree now and we could see she's like 20 feet up in the air she's she is really high up so even getting down seems dangerous and we add this new element of this new dinosaur that we don't know what it does. Like, cause it's new for us too. Like, I don't even know uh -huh. what it's called. I looked it up and I still don't know how to pronounce it. So I'm not going to say, <laughs> and like, I, I don't know what this dinosaur is. I've definitely seen it in some documentaries before, but like, and we see it, you know, go for this, uh, this animal, um, and just swipe away another oops, sorry swiping away like another dinosaur oh, it's yeah it, it, it slaps the uh it's like a deer and it just slaps it to kill it it just it, yeah, with the big just claws. yeah. It and it's gone and you're like whoa this thing is i mean it already looked dangerous because it has a giant mouth full of teeth but now we know that it's it could just it could just smack a thing to death <laughs> you know arms typically aren't a dinosaur's like uh um, weapon. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's more visually distinct as well because one of the problems I had with the, the Gigasaurus and e even some of the other dinosaurs you see is that, and this is just like a slightly realistic thing, I guess, but you know, dinosaurs, like, there's a lot of dinosaurs that look kind of similar to a T Rex. Different, slightly different sizes, slightly different heads, but they're, they're yeah. kind of like a similar thing. So that's bigger dinosaurs. Like, well, it's just a bigger T Rex with a slightly different shaped head, like effectively. Yeah. Whereas this dinosaur is like, no, this is this is distinct features that feel like a different type of threat. So we could have more fun with it. We can do right. more things. That's why we like the Spinosaurus also, because it had that like long snout. And you're like, whoa, what is this thing? And it, it swims. <laughs> it's got that cool fin. Yeah. You that, know, it, it was a cool introduction to a large carnivore that, you know, not one that I was super familiar with also before the film. Which is why this is a shame that this dinosaur is only really in this scene and then the end, like the big final ending. That's it. Yeah. Pretty yeah. much. You know, but I'm glad it got a moment in the ending, though, because I, I, I did think that this was a really cool scene. Like, this is one, this is definitely the standout for the film. And then also, uh, like, her slowed, like, um, like Arnold escaping the predator by going through the mud and into the water <laughs> and stuff, you know, I thought that was super tense. I thought she did a great job acting in that scene also. Cause she, I, w I just was focused so on her and her survival in that moment. And it, it, it you know, it, it took its time also like Javaro knew that he had something good. So he was, he really made sure that we, you know, it's a, it. it's a shame. It's a shame. try and find anything else good though. <laughs> for the rest <laughs> of the movie. <laughs> Well, I'm glad that we got to see the, the dinosaur use its claws to stab through something also at the end, at least. Yeah, well, yeah we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Okay, let's, let's, yeah. let's not blow a load. <laughs> we'll get there. Well, I mean, you kind of already brought it up. So. It's, like, it's like the one other good moment in the movie, so we'll get there. <laughs> um, yeah, like, 
yeah, so we've already. I mean, other than the ending, we've talked about all the notable dinosaur moments, like pretty much. Like, like, well, there's one other one I think, but they're not dinosaurs. That's not that notable. Like, you're talking about uh, so. They're in these tube things, and Alan and Elias escaping on one of these little subway tubes with uh, the girl, and the power gets turned off, and they end up in a cave system, and there's uh, some prehistoric creatures that are not technically dinosaurs, but who cares? The Metrodons. <laughs> they do, I mean, it doesn't matter. They got they're the, they're like they look like crocodiles with a giant fin. Yeah. Uh, and they're sort of attacking. There's nothing really that exciting about the scene, though. I would say they're, they're just sort of like Ian Malcolm shows up at the gate and he's trying to like figure out the code. And he thinks it, it was a jump scare that got me with the Demetrian scene. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> they're going through these dark caves. There's not. They, they only have like the light of their flashlights, and I think even those are limited. So, uh, go. <laughs> yeah, you know, there's something in there. So, what are you going to see? Well, and oh, then it was a flashlight. He used like a, it was like a, it was like bolt cutters he turned into a torch he had. Oh, okay. Because he looked like Indiana Jones going torch. through the cave system because he had a torch in the hat on. Like were... That's right. Yeah, he did. I think someone had a flashlight. There was three of them. It was probably a phone, to be honest, rather than a... Like a... <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> but yeah. Uh... Probably could have used this if it was a phone. <laughs> yeah, we have to talk about the girl a little bit. There's a whole bunch of stuff. So BD Wong wants to redeem himself for what he's done with the locust and... The reason why he needs the girl is because, much like Blue uh, and her baby, her baby raptor, uh, Maisie, well, as a clone, was actually born from her, like, you know, well, her mother, technically now, but, like, her, her original, like, actually gave birth to her. She she was pregnant with her, um, without a father, sort of impregnated herself, and gave birth to this clone. But the bigger fancy thing and why she's so valuable is that her mother actually was able to, like, take away her genetic disorder that she was going to have, because that's how she died, and she fixed her kid at a young age with just changing her DNA or something. Uh, I don't know. Some magic genetic stuff. (laughs) And it it kind of felt like... The movie made it just about, oh, like, fixing the locust problem by, like, killing all the locusts, but I also thought surely this is also is like a big deal because you could literally like eradicate all disease if you can just magically change everyone's dna and like fix well, them i think he even says that i think Wu says that he says no, he says it once but after that point you forget about it and it's just all about stopping the locusts it's all about saving the world she could be like uh henrietta Lacks, or the the real life woman who like her dna is the reason we have like so many like vaccines i i, I don't know i don't want i don't want to misremember but like uh Basically, she had special blood, and her blood is used. Uh, her 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 blood her has been cloned so that scientists can use for exper- experimenting on and like solving disease and stuff. Something special about her blood, in particular. So I imagine this girl is kind of like that. Yeah, yeah, I got. It's it's one of these things where it's just like we have to deal with this because we set up the clone thing in the last do we, movie. Do we know why? Um, Evil Dodson wanted to have her. Was she just abducted so that Wu could do something good, or was she abducted so that they could well, do something bad? Well, I think that's why Wu her? wants them. I, I think Wu wanted to be allowed to experiment on dinosaurs and genetic stuff, and Dodson was willing to let him do it for all the gains that he's going to get out of it. Um, but I, I think Dodson wants to be able to sell cures to things, whereas Wu just wants to redeem himself because. Yeah, because Wu was kind of a villain in the last movie, and 
this is like his redemption and he even comes out and it made sense that Maisie by the end of the movie is like no no you, you can like have some blood samples and stuff and like use my blood to help cure things like yeah like i'll agree to it you know and he does kind of ask like he's because he's very nice to her when she shows up like he's very like he shows us some old clips of the the mum talking and some video diaries and it's an excuse to have like oh she's actually at the park before it opened like before 1993 and she's like sitting around and mm-hmm. doing stuff um it's one of those things though where i'm just kind of like i don't know if this movie needs any of this like i i th- I mean, I stand by my thing where I think the movie should just start with them pretty much already or almost at this place. And then you can like sort of reveal throughout the story how they got there or why they're there or or whatever. Um, Because like I say, Jurassic Park at its core is a very simple, you're in one location, there's a bunch of dinosaurs, you have to try and survive and find a way out or or whatever. Um, But you know, the first half of this movie is just all about how all the characters get to this location. So we spend so much time doing that, and then we have to rush through all of the actual stuff that's meant to make a Jurassic Park movie fun in the second mm-hmm. half. So all this clone stuff, and all, all of this looking at the old video diaries and all the rest of it, like everything feels so rushed. Like even the first time she meets and she runs into Alan Grant and Ellie, like they have to just sort of very quickly, like she's like, "You're Alan Grant," and you're Ellie's like. Yes, we are, and like you know, the, like they have to like rush to, and they do it. Actually, later on, like so after the, the original characters meet the new characters, right, and they survive the dinosaur attack and they're inside the building. There's like, you can almost imagine like fans talking about this after Jurassic World came out. Like, well, what if like Owen and Claire met Alan and Ellie, and like what would Alan think of the raptor training? And literally, like they they, they carry each other. The first quiet moment they have, and he's like, "Wait, I know you." You're the guy who's trained with raptors. And he's like... That's why he should have been the Steve Irwin of this movie. No, but the the point is, though, and Owen just says something back to him quickly, and then it moves on to other characters. And, like, wouldn't it actually be interesting to make a plot or do something with this? Where, what if they clashed? What if Alan was like, I think it's irresponsible that you were trying to train raptors? Or maybe maybe he'd have some sort of problem with it until he saw an action because they do they obviously there's a moment later where they find the baby raptor or no that, is it? yeah it's the baby raptor uh mm-hmm. and they, they do the whole hand thing and like alan's kind of impressed and whatever but like wouldn't that moment mean more if he ideologically had some problems with like what owen had been doing at jurassic world and maybe actually have the characters and who they are clash because they have fundamentally different beliefs but by the end of the movie they kind of learn to see each other's ways a little bit there's like an arc there instead it's one exchange of dialogue and then alan's like whoa that's impressive and it's like they don't do anything with it it is literally as deep as as deep as a fan when they saddled up on some raptors together at the end (laughs) when a fan saw jurassic world and said what if these characters meet they imagine the first interaction and that's basically all you get in this movie. They don't do anything with it or like explore any ideas. They just, they meet, it's mentioned, they move on. <laughs> that's it. And so much of the stuff that happens in the back half of this movie, especially is they meet, they acknowledge it, they move on. <laughs> and that's the story. <laughs> I don't hate some of the pairings that happen though. Like uh, with them, um... Ellie gets saved by Owen at one point. I thought that was a good moment. Uh, her and the uh, the one of the new characters, Ellie and one of the new characters. Oh, Alan! Up. Alan saving Ian when he grabs his hands, an okay moment. Like, I mean, yeah. I don't think it's shot very well, but conceptually, I think it's an okay moment as an idea. 
there's a moment where like he has to button up his shirt and the the pilot lady looks at him like uh uh-uh like you can't pull off a shirtless look or whatever i'm like yeah wink wink yeah (laughs) wink wink that was so unnecessary (laughs) i didn't like that i didn't like the fact because so they get get together it's like okay so there's this like defense system for aircrafts that's turned off we have to like turn the power off so that'll automatically turn back on and I'm like, oh, that's that's kind of convenient that this is neatly the exact same thing as like the original Jurassic Park where they have to reboot the power. And Ellie's like, okay, I'll go do that. Or, or Claire says that, and then Ellie's like, I'll go with you. And I'm like, I'm coming with you. So that's exactly what happened in the first movie because she said that to Muldoon, right? And then, yep. uh, you, know, the, you know, Chris Pratt and that goes off to get the baby raptor. So once again, Ian Malcolm's the one on the walkie-talkie, like with the map and the directions, and like saying this and is the he's fl- terrible at it. This yeah. is the switches you have to flip, and I'm like, you, we're just do- you're just redoing. The- this is the same problem as Ghostbusters Afterlife. You're just redoing the third act of that. Uh, it's the same problem with the Star Wars movies where you're just doing the Death Star again at the end, and you did the exact same plot beats. It's just so. It was a bit much. And. I wouldn't be that mad at it if, like, each of the pairings... Again, if we had more room to breathe in this section of the movie, if each pairing had a chance to, like, actually... I don't know, like, bond or, like... You know, something, actually do something with the pairings. Was, I thought there were some nice moments between them when they were up there. Like, I, I don't know. When I was watching, like, I actually like the way that they're... The old and the new are interacting in this scene. I still, I still think that there are way too many characters in it, um, especially with new additions also. Mm. But um, it, during the, the scenes, I thought it was... I, I liked... I genuinely liked the moments of them interacting together and them having to work together and save each other. Yeah, I, I thought it was too shallow and just, like, the bare bones. Like, there, there was no thought given to... There, there was definitely clearly, like, okay, we're just doing the first movie again also that I had as well while watching it. But yeah, I, didn't uh, think yeah. it was, I didn't think it was uh, too bad. I mean, you have that, but I, even without them redoing the, the plot, I just... I felt like... <sighs> they don't really like accomplish any like beats with them where like i say the, the alan and owen kind of clash would maybe have been one of the interesting things i could have like thought of but i'm not saying that's the one you have to do i'm, I'm just saying like do something I mean, alan could have uh, said well yeah that sounds all right but like have you 3d printed a voice box and talked to a raptor before because i've done that it's <laughs> a good point uh, he has done that um yeah, I mean, he didn't work the 3D printer, let's be fair. He doesn't know how to use a computer. No, he does not. Which is pro- probably especially uh, difficult for him in 2022. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the world's really moved into computers. In the last it's a it's a Raptor years. voice box that can also shoot like a gun. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, yeah, so, yeah, it's, you know, BD Wong. It's, it's just about getting to the fancy, futuristic chopper. How, what do you think of BD Wong's hair in this? It's weird to me. I don't know. It's very uncharacteristic for he's, me. He's let himself. He's just gone. He's gone wild. With he's, yeah, hair. he's let himself go because he's he's uh he's, he's you know distraught. who should have had longer hair in this? Ian Malcolm. That sure. would made sense to me. I would have loved if his because they sort of started his introduction like the where I liked where it was going, where he was just like this hotshot professor who was just very full of himself saying a lot of fancy words to a lot of young college girls who are kind of swooning not really but like very very focused on him i would have loved like a little indiana jones thing where like he's just the cool artsy professor and um but then they started showing like dudes and stuff who weren't clearly weren't into him as much and <laughs> i don't know like i wanted him to be the rock star professor of uh, of the of the movie 
But then he just turned into a you know, regular Jeff Goldblum, but without the sexiness. Yeah. Uh, I, I, so, I mean, to be fair, it turned out to be the case, but there was a moment early on I really, uh, like, rolled my eyes at when it's right before Ellie and Alan go sneaking off into the secret area where the, you know, Ramsey, uh, like, says, oh, you, the, this this is the way you want to go. This is where where you're supposed to go. That direction is the left that goes down to the sub-levels that are all secret. And you need a secret pass key thing to get into it. And he holds up his... Yeah. And I thought, either you know that they're doing this and you're working with Jeff Goldblum, or that was horrible. And I'm not... <laughs> I, I thought it was horrible, actually. Yeah. I, di- I didn't expect the turn afterwards. And I'm like, okay, well, now that horrible scene makes sense. But... <laughs> it was it was basically I, either you're in on this or that much. was terrible and i like so you know because yeah, i still believed at that moment that his character was working for you know uh our, our evil dodson villain yeah uh and dodson himself just kind of whatever i don't really have much to say about him specifically he's okay like i i understand he's like an amalgam of a bunch of evil people that work today that are alive today or have been alive where you know they're just about corporation money bureaucracy and all just trying to get trying to be a billionaire with uh a, a face to the people that he's helping the world but actually he's destroying it for money you know yeah, yeah. kind of had like a steve jobs thing mixed with like i don't think this person's evil but he looked a lot like dr drew pinsky so maybe it was more of like someone like a face of someone that you can trust or like a look of somebody that you would trust but his personality is also kind of like Zuckerberg-y. I don't know. He's like an amalgam of a lot of things. Yeah, I think... I didn't really like him, though. I, I really <laughs> like the... As a character. I love a villain I can hate, but I thought he was just kind of bleh. I really like the music in the first Jurassic World, and I felt like here, even though technically a lot of what it was doing was fine and even good, it, it kind of like almost was like a... What the hell is this? It was it was almost like it was like a a microcosm version of what was pro- problematic about the whole movie. There were so many times where you would just get the first few bars of a classic theme or one of the themes from Jurassic World, but then it would quickly transition to something else. And it did it so often. Keep up with the movie. <laughs> yeah, it did it so often that I started to feel like you just don't have time. You don't have time to like you know yeah. <laughs> to have the moment where it goes into the full thing. You know, so you just get the first few little bars of certain things and. I was, I was like, when are you going to just like, let go and like, let me hear the Jurassic Park theme or something? And it never really did. No, it, it never did. Uh, which was, it was like blue balls and me out the whole movie. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, I think you're right with the whole, it just didn't, didn't have the time. Like, yeah. It just it had to keep up with all the edits. And yeah. it, you can't really have enough time to have a, like, a long s- symphony piece like... Oh, gotta cut to the next scene. Because <laughs> when you get to... It's, so towards the end, they've turned the power off, uh, blah, blah, blah. They're running towards the chopper, and the big gigantosaurus thing shows up, and then the T-Rex shows up, walks past the circle, and like everyone's standing in between them, and it's you know kind of like some of the other movies where they're standing in between the two dinosaurs at the end, or the big T-Rex and the raptor, or whatever. And... Yep. Alan's like, this is not about us. This is like a pissing contest. Like the T Rex wants wants to throw down here. So we get like all like, twelve of these characters, however many it is, like all sort of like running around and trying to like stay out of the fight as the two dinosaurs are fighting. And it looks like the T Rex goes down, but then the big bird claw one with the big claws shows up. 
and yeah, the Freddy Krueger. It's, it's, it's almost like a meta thing where if there's one thing that they predicted correctly is that the audience would like the Claude one more than the other one. So the idea that the Claude one teams up with the T-Rex <laughs> to, to, to defeat this big bastard is like, yeah. okay, they kind of predicted that we'd probably like this more than the other way around. So, <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, the, the end of the fight is the T-Rex bashes or shoves the big saurus onto the, the, the hands of the clawed dinosaur. So it gets impaled. Uh, and it's a, it's, it's a decent, neat moment. Like, like I said earlier, though, when this like when they first like sort of stormed in and they stared at each other, I'm like, you had one 30-second scene earlier where you, like, you, you scared the T-Rex off. That was the setup for the T-Rex having beef with you. <laughs> You know, it's it's, so, yeah, it's everything right. so quick and just boom, 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 boom. So it's like, you know, because when you get to the end of Jurassic Park, right, and like they're, they're, they're scared because the raptors are coming after them and then the T-Rex shows up, you're excited to see the T-Rex because his two or three scenes, and it only is two or three scenes, but his two or three scenes earlier in that film are so iconic and they're so memorable. And the raptors are so scary up until this point that it kind of feels like, oh, them fighting each other is how they get away. And it felt like a big epic... It was the two main dinosaurs of that movie finally coming together and clashing. Here, it's like... Even the T-Rex... You don't have to establish the T-Rex as much, though, because obviously the T-Rex is from the previous movies. But all three of these big dinosaurs have only had, like, you know, short scenes separately. Obviously, the clawed dinosaur had the best yeah. scene with, with Claire, but they've only had a little bit. So you don't feel that that sensation of, oh, the Titans are about to throw down. Instead, it just kind of feels like, oh, you've not spent enough time building up these dinosaurs. So they, they feel like an afterthought almost when the real plot was, you know, stopping the locust and saving the kid and getting away. The, the dinosaurs are almost just a background to, to everything at points. Uh, so, Yeah, I mean... <sighs> Jurassic World did this part so well too in the the end of the first film where like the last 15 minutes was just a dinosaur throwdown for between alphas which is it, what this yeah. is trying to do and it worked so well you know all the dinosaurs working together to take out this this mutation yeah. of this beast and stuff and, and, um, and it worked as well because the dinosaur that were taking down in that movie was this like monstrosity that was concocted in a lab it was this like you know not a real species so it was kind of like, no, the real dinosaurs are going to work together. So it, it yeah, had like a bit enough. of... they're enough. You know, the real ones are enough. It um, had a yeah. bit of baked in, like, like sort of messaging or themes just because of that. Just just because of, you know, what this represented and what they represented. And then also on top of that, on a meta level, these are the two dinosaurs that we care about from the first movie taking out this weird, crappy remake yeah. dinosaur. This is the uh, this is the T2 of the, the T... <laughs> The, the the T-800 coming back to save everybody instead kind of... Kind of, uh, yeah, yeah. Whereas <laughs> to be the hero. <laughs> here, there's no reason why this bigger dinosaur is more villainous all and he's just scarier because he's bigger. Like, you know, he's still a real dinosaur. He's still... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he's, he's just as valid it's to, just, like... Yeah, it's like, it's just a T-Rex with, like, more spiky bits and <laughs> it's maybe, I don't know, 10% bigger? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so... There's not really any reason, other than the fact that we like the T-Rex more, because it's a T-Rex. <laughs> We've got a T-Rex. Yeah, we, well, we, we love the T-Rex, yes. Spare no expense. And we get to see the, uh, you know, at the end, we get to see the, the two T-Rexes from the, the Lost World film. I, well, I didn't even click that it was meant to be those. I just said, oh, there's yeah. three T-Rexes now. Because they said they were bringing stuff from Site B over also. Ah, okay. 
I, I guess technically, yeah. I suppose that, that would make sense that that's those three. Yeah, because the final shot of the movie is uh, a triceratops running next to an elephant. Yeah, I, I kind of like that. It was just like, you know what? We're just going to let nature do its thing. So we get to see like din- dinosaurs instead of interacting with humans. They're just they're just part of the wildlife now. You know, we've got pterodactyls flying with uh, Canadian geese. We've mm-hmm. got uh, the triceratops marching with the elephants. We've got uh, the mosasaurs swimming with humpback whales and stuff. I'm like, I kind of like this. I wish I wish it, for our narrator we had uh, uh, what's his face um, from the Planet Earth series. Oh, Attenborough. <laughs> yeah, Attenborough. <laughs> that would have been a nice little bookend also. <laughs> which I don't believe is a relation to the other Attenborough who actually was in Jurassic Park. But, right. Uh, I, that's why I never say the first names because I'm like, which one's David, which one's Richard? <laughs> no, I never remember either. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say David is narrator. the narrator and Richard yeah. was the actor, the, but I could yeah, be wrong. Yeah, biologist uh, Richard is the actor. I think yeah. that's right. I could be wrong though, so I don't want to be too <laughs> adamant about it. Uh, yeah, uh, you know, it, like they mentioned Hammond a couple times. Obviously, uh, Ellie says she knew Maisie's mother, which just felt like a bit like tacked on, like retcon, just to give her a moment with her. Um, you know, uh, and, and we've skipped over just some of the weird little lines that reference the, the first movie because there's a lot of them. There's a lot of little ones sprinkled. Such lines, it's just shots too. Like there's one where Ellie um, is is looking through a window and we see the T Rex like open its mouth exactly like it did when it was next to the the kids in the car in the first film and stuff. I'm like just just so much, just so many references. <laughs> it just never ended. Um, I, I I guess um I guess I don't really have anything else to say, so you should come back. <laughs> Sorry, I have to seek the cat out. Yeah, I have to like, leave so you can leave and then go back and. Charlie, how can I fill oh. in with more? But actually, I feel like we've talked about everything. Well, pretty you much. You mentioned now. the music, and I didn't really honestly. I didn't really even notice the music all that much in the film, except when it was trying to do an old theme, and. Uh, only like just yeah. revving it up and well, never really going that, that's one of those things is it tries to make this big moment over when the the old characters and the new characters meet for the first because they're separate the whole movie until that certain point and it's right before they have this big dinosaur scene and it, it does that thing where you get that first few notes of the jurassic park theme you know the dan 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 no the, you know the, the first few notes before it starts doing the little so dan, dan, dan. not that part the bit before that right <laughs> mm-hmm. before that uh and they sort of see each other for the first time. And there's there's not even, like, a moment to really take it in. Like, you know, like I say, immediately they're under threat and immediately there's a dinosaur, um, which isn't necessarily a problem. Like, you know, you can have that be a scene and then have the, the actual interaction afterwards. But it, it, it really was like the movie saying, hey, look how much of a big deal this is. Like, our old cast and new cast are, are meeting for the first time. Again, sort of trying to present it as this is, like, a huge deal. And I'm like, the new cast and the old cast meeting is a, is a fine idea, and I'm down for it, them to, to mingle or whatever. Uh, but what was just the... This is my cat. He sneezed. Oh. I've got a little dinosaur here. I have to try to tame. Yeah, so, but, like, I'm going to be honest. I don't think the old cast needed to be in this movie, and the fact that they are feels like nothing but, like, nostalgia fan service to me. Uh, I, I don't think it ever really... All, all it does is make give them more to juggle, and I don't really think it needed it. Um, and so much of what they're doing when they're there is just referencing the first movie that it just feels a little... <sighs> 
it's a little sad, to be honest. I, I mean, I, I, I'm not going to lie. Like, I do enjoy these characters, and I, I just I have so much love for the first film that I, I really love seeing them all again and and seeing them together also. But I do agree that they sort of don't have to be here, and because they are here and there's no real reason for it, it, it makes me uh, just disappointed that there wasn't anything extra. The only thing that I, I did really like was I did like that Ellie and Grant got together. Then uh, Ellie and Alan mm. got together at the end. We got a kiss. We've been waiting 30 years for it, you know, and I loved it. I've disagreed. It was such a mistake that they <laughs> had them separated in I the third film. I disagree with this entirely, but we went over this already. No, no. I, I like this. I'm glad it's here. We didn't mention that they kissed, and they do kiss in this film, and I loved it, and I was very excited for oh, all it. Right, all right, but all right, all right, all right. <laughs> I I do agree that you know if you want to bring back uh, the characters, have them have an arc, you know, have them have a reason to be there, have them be have them there to teach people something or to to I don't know to uh, to retcon something that really is important. Um, I mean, hell, if anything. If anything, the plot of the last movie would have lent itself to Ellie more. Like the idea that, that this debate of like should we go and save the dinosaur? I feel like you know. Ellie, and maybe even Alan to a point, but Ellie certainly would probably have an opinion in that, and that would maybe be a more natural way to bring her into it. Whereas here, it's like, oh, no, now she's investigating, like, a, you know, a, a conspiracy, and she's she's going off undercover and sneaking into labs and stuff like she's a spy. Like, I don't know. It just, it doesn't feel like them. It feels like we're, we're doing, like, other types of movie characters, and it just it robs them of feeling like the grounded characters they once were because now they're just doing movie stuff because we have to have them do this because this is the plot we thought up and not yeah. because it actually fits anything that they were in the original film um so i i just like i don't need to be there and so much of their time is spent wink wink nudge nudge do you remember how great the original film was and like, i do remember how great the original film was i'd rather be watching the original film and i'm very likely to never watch this one again because it doesn't like offer anything on its own oh i'm definitely gonna watch it again uh maybe even theaters i I mean to sum it up i felt very little to basically nothing other than boredom throughout most of the film it wasn't getting any excitement out of me and by the end i just kind of felt like this was a little pathetic it felt a little sad like you're 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 milking this this cow still (laughs) all these years later you've milked every last drop and despite the fact that Jurassic World 1 was very referencey to the first film. This somehow felt way more desperate and just... And we've talked about why. You know, we talked about, you know, the differences between them, but this just... It, it reeked of a committee that is like, okay, what are all the things we can bring up that'll make fans happy? So when your movie is just about making fans happy, you get this, you get Rise of Skywalker, you get Ghostbusters Afterlife, you get Soulless blockbusters that are so safe and there's no stakes or like anything ever feels at risk the characters all have plot armor and you don't feel like anything's really said or accomplished and i would i would describe this film as worthless which is about as damning as a statement as i could possibly give a film um now have i seen worse sure i've seen worse because there's a lot of (laughs) bad stuff but uh i do think this is a mess and it's overstuffed and you know, there's so many things that you can take apart, and we've done a lot of it, but... Uh, mm-hmm. All right. Uh, any final thoughts and your rating, if you please? 
Well, I mean, we brought up the Rotten Tomato score in the beginning because clearly the critics and the audience have a very different opinion of the film. And I will say that although there is a lot to criticize and there is reason to dislike this film, the reason the audience score is high is because it's still like there's still a lot of really fun moments and it is still nice to see like dinosaurs on the big screen and they look great, you know, and um, there's a lot of there's still a lot of moments in it where I am like super jazzed up. So I'm not going to say that it's the worst movie or like not something I want to rewatch ever again. You know, I was super disappointed when the Lost World came out and I was just a kid. And I remember thinking like, I can't believe I don't like a sequel to Jurassic Park. Like I, I like every movie, <laughs> anything that gives me a, a you know, a dinosaurs on the screen. And it's Steven Spielberg. And it's all the people that made me like love movies and, but there's like this gymnastic scene and I hated it. And, and I swore like, I'm never going to watch this movie again, but I still watch it. And I still, it, it is a good movie. Like it probably is like, other than maybe the first Jurassic world is probably is like the best sequel, but I will, I, I don't know. Like this is definitely the most disappointed I felt watching the film, but I won't say that it's, that it's unwatchable and that you won't have a good time watching it. Cause clearly most of the audience does. So I'm 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 going to give it a six. It's uh, the same what I gave uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife also because I have a lot of the same issues with this one as that film, and you know it's it's not an unwatchable film. Uh, some some things are going to make you happy, some things are going to piss you off, but um, it, it's a six. I, I'm going to give it a six. I'm happy with that score, and if this is the end of the Jurassic films, uh, okay, it won't, it won't be, but. <laughs> You know it won't be. You know it down deep down in your soul it won't be. I want a uh, what is it the a deadliest catch, but with the mosasaur. We got like a little, oh, a tiny little sliver of that. I'm like, oh, this is a good movie. <laughs> yeah, I like you know I I think this movie has a lot of problems on its own, and I think it also has the problems of the trend that these types of movies have right now, and that is stuff like recent Star Wars, Ghostbusters Afterlife, um, just these safe cash-ins that are designed to just please people and not piss anyone off and some of them are better made than others i think this one's also very poorly made i think it's overstuffed uh spider-man yeah i mean yeah that to an extent i mean that was better than this uh the recent spider-man movie but certainly there's definitely things you could point out in that as well i think that spider-man is a version of it that is like doing a lot of things that you dislike about recent films but actually did a pretty decent job and like had a reason for old characters to come back you know i i i just felt this was soulless as i was watching it and i did not really have fun with it i i felt just kind of uninterested the majority of the time and i wanted to be into it and it just kept doing things very early on and never stopped doing things that took me out of the movie where i could just see the people in the room going this will make fans happy this will make fans happy and i don't think that's how you really make a movie you don't write a story that way you write a story because you've got a, a character arc you've got a beginning middle and end you have something you want to say with it you've got a purpose that you're trying to get through with it an experience you want it to be and when all you're doing is going down a checklist of like what's all the things we want to be in here in terms of characters and references and things we have to do because we believe that all these things have to be in here if that's what it feels like then you've not really constructed a story you've just made us like a, a skeleton that'll hold everything that you want to fit in 
And that's what this movie feels like. Uh, it's a soulless experience. And, you know, none of the Jurassic Park sequels are, are anything compared to the first one. But I think this is at the other end of the spectrum. And it's it's, it's really bad. Um, I do not recommend it. And I am giving it a 4 out of 10. You know what I would like the next sequel to be? I no. I know. So, World War Z, except not the movie, but the book. So, World War Z, the book, was kind of like a... It had a through line for a story, for the most part, because it was going, like, chronological, so you could see how bad the zombie apocalypse was getting. But it was all just uh, different perspectives of people telling their story of how they of what they saw, what they witnessed. I want an anthology of dinosaurs in the world, in the world, you know, like what we had in the beginning of the film and what we had at the end of this film. Yeah. I hate to just play bad cop, but my honest response to this is I don't want a sequel. I don't want another one. Why not? I mean, what if it's good? I don't want one for a long time. Like I like right now, the last thing I want is another Jurassic Park movie. They've, they've sullied my enthusiasm. For a good long time. Oh come on! If Jason can have, you know, what what is it like twelve films? Jurassic <laughs> Park can have more than that. <laughs> Why not have raptors in space? Like that'll be fun. Raptors on the moon. If they if they if they do dinosaurs, dinosaurs in space, then sure, fine. But dinosaurs I, I, in Vegas. <laughs> I, I want them to have to tie it to the story, though. I, I, I just just have dinosaurs somewhere, right? What what if we get Jurassic World Amity. No. I don't want that. <laughs> what if that's the next one? I don't want We just get a collision of all the all the franchises that have gone over six films. Nah, take it back. James Bond. It. Well we sort of had James Bond in this one. We saw what that looked like. Um we could Yeah, but do... shit. <laughs> so I don't want any more. We could still do Mission Impossible, you know, Ethan Ethan Hunt versus uh <laughs> versus dinosaurs i think that'd be pretty cool see what tom cruise can do i don't i don't want our jurassic park i don't want another ghostbusters they're doing one by the way they've already announced they're doing a sequel Ooh, yeah, that's probably. another good clash we can have dinosaur ghosts I, I don't want uh i don't know there's tons of franchises i just don't want any of anymore like i'm just i'm done we Stop can do terminator it. we can do dinosaurs that are robots no i'm sick of terminator being desecrated okay like <laughs> they, they, they keep doing bad terminator sequels stop it come on Stop Just it. Like, you know, you never know. If one, one of them might be gold. No, 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 no. And uh, further, further, I guess oh, okay. movie. Make this movie. Many I might make one, one final proper point about this movie. I don't think this movie looks proper. good most of the time. What? Oh no, I think the movie's beautiful. I, no, I, I, I do. No, I, there's no, so I, many great looking shots in this film. No, I, I, I think there's too much bad CG and green screen. Uh, there's so many times where you can just feel actors on a soundstage. Uh, but they're doing like a fake frozen lake, or they're on like a the you know they're they're chasing down dinosaur like their cattle, uh, and these scenes all just have this really crap dodgy look to them. I do not think this movie looks good. Uh, I, think it's, I disagree. I, I, I think the movie does look good. I think the shots are really there. There's some really stellar shots in this. But it's not just the shots. It's also the editing. It's the pacing. Most like one standout scene doesn't change the fact that most of the movie feels really choppy. I think I think every time you see a dinosaur, like it looks good. Honestly, I think there's so. I think a lot of scenes are set up really well. They're just very choppy. 
I disagree. <laughs> I disagree also. We do, you. you don't have to disagree back. Look, if I say I disagree, then we obviously both disagree. That's how well, disagreement works. We're stuck works. in a disagreement circle. <laughs> you don't have to then say yes, well, I also disagree with you. <laughs> well, I disagree. It's a, it's a mutual thing. <laughs> it's, it's like you saying I'm a number two and I go I'm a number three. It's like, yes, but I'm a number two. Well, no, I know. We've established that. <laughs> How dare you call me a number two? <laughs> I wasn't meaning poop. <laughs> How dare you? Dino droppings. That's a big pile of number two. Mm-hmm. One, one big great pile of shit. Which, actually, that's my review of this movie. One great big pile of shit. Please don't put that in the title. <laughs> I can't, because uh, I can't swear on the title on YouTube. Good. I could censor it, but I could put S, star, 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 star. No, don't do that. <laughs> it's a funny title, though. Don't, there's so many angry, nasty people on the internet. We don't need to be... We don't need to contribute to that. I mean, that is fair. I understand that. But I also got to sell the podcast to people to make them click on it. <laughs> so there's got to be a little bit of passion. A little bit of flair. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jurassic World Dominion. Dinosaurs should have stayed dead. <laughs> Review. <laughs> Oh, that, no? that reminds me. Um, I didn't like any of the comedy in this. Oh yeah, it's all it's all bad. It's all it's all. Was, no, I mean in your review. <laughs> Just kidding. I meant the movie. I didn't have any comedy in my review. I was very I was very straight. I've got too many serious points I wanted to make. I wasn't joking about anything. I'm a serious um, cop today, okay? I'm funny. <laughs> oh yeah, pat yourself on the back. <laughs> um. Yeah, okay. I guess we'll wrap it up then. Is it four too generous? I don't know. Maybe it is. I'll go with four. I'll go with the four for now. Anyway. Six out of ten. Thumbs up. <laughs> you, like, you're just too nice a soul. You want to be nice to things. You want to be nice to the movie. Uh, even though it's kind of a train wreck. But that, you know... Well, I still... I still enjoyed my time in the theater. It's just, you know, it's just overall disappointing. And, hey, Matt you know, loved there's, it. There's too much of the stuff. For, for anyone who wants a positive thought, go, go check out Matt's Twitter. He he loved the movie. Yeah, it checks out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know much about Matt, but I know he loves Kong's Skull Island. <laughs> he, he, he tweeted, I hadn't seen the movie yet, but he tweeted, oh, it's a 31% rot to Matt, and it makes me irrationally upset. And I went and found the tweet earlier today after I saw it and said, you're quite right, Matt, it should be lower. <laughs> And he was not happy. He was not amused by my comment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh dear. Okay. Um, I, what I think we do next week. Oh. I, I I think a schlocky. I, I I'm happy with a schlocky Jurassic Park movie. Just give me a simple schlocky movie. But this was com- overcomplicated In and space. self-indulgent. The, that's that's the thing. The references make it feel self-indulgent. Yep. It does. So, yes. Anyway, what were you asking me? What are we doing next week? Uh, Lightyear. Another new release? What? Aye, it's another one. That's we are getting COVID. That is the... <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> that is the only reason why I remember what it is, is because it's another theater release. That's right. So be ready, guys. Go I should... to the movies. I mean, I know, it. I know it's safe. not going to tie in or anything but i should probably watch toy story 4 before i see it just just for the just so that i've you seen should. yeah it's, it's not a, it's not a bad watch anyway 
you know what it is? It's because Toy Story 3 was the perfect ending, and I just, I never felt like Toy Story 4 was needed. And I've not seen it yet. Toy Story 4, when you watch it, you'll say it's still not really needed, but it's not a bad movie. Okay. Because Toy Story 3 was, it was like a trilogy. It was perfect. It didn't need to be yeah, touched. everybody knows. <laughs> so I've just never worked up the, the, the stomach to, to watch 4, but okay, I'll give it a go. I'll try and watch it before uh, I go see Lightyear. Very excited. All right. Well, I will take this time to thank our Patreon producers of the month. So thank you very much to Tyler Hess, Cindy Palacios, David Short, Bordenow, Christopher Moy, David Brown, Al Treisman, and Alison M. Fordyce. They are all producers on Patreon. Tara, why don't you tell the people all about Patreon? That's right, Peter. If you enjoy our reviews, please check out our Patreon page. It's patreon.com slash TV, where if you donate as well as $1 per month, you will get access to bonus episodes of The Ace. You can check out all our great favorite movies with Red Brown and Richard Lynch and David Carradine and uh, all, the, all the Tremor sequels, Burt Gummer not the actor's name like Michael Gross uh yeah so head on over check that out for a dollar per month you will get access to quite a few movies actually and if you donate five dollars per month you'll get access to our reviews one day early so if that interests you check it out thank you mm. yep there you go <laughs> you can also like subscribe you can hit the super thanks button on youtube you can rate the podcast on itunes give it five stars uh all these types of things help us out a lot so please do them uh otherwise um make sure you go check out our other content we we review babylon 5 we weren't through that we're just about to start season five so uh you can go find all the first four seasons of that over on mail tv uh tara does the modern trek shows as well so you can see her on the strange new worlds reviews she did star trek picard before which is very painful for her because it was terrible and she hates to admit when star trek's bad but <laughs> it's interesting <laughs> which means bad that when someone is away and admits something's bad and they, but they want it to be as nice as possible it's interesting <laughs> i will have a fun time i think revisiting it in the future and going look at this little anomaly in the star trek franchise <laughs> mm, anomaly <laughs> to both to go to uh, a Rotten Tomatoes score where no ro- Star Trek shows went before <laughs> well you haven't seen Enterprise which I love I think I'll like Enterprise more than Picard I think I'll find more charming qualities than that that's my guess yeah. we'll but see that's my guess so Anyway, uh, that has been the Atomic Serum Experiment. Thank you very much for joining us. We always appreciate it. Keep watching sci-fi and computer at Salsa.